Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. As you're listening to this, the day after the one-year anniversary of Second and Short. I am so glad that we're here now, but unfortunately, there's bigger things to talk about. The Texas Rangers have won the World Series. They win it 4-1, and uh, for the first time in franchise history, they take home the trophy. Lots to talk about with that. We'll get into that later, but we've also got the NFL trade deadline to talk about, NFL Week 9, of course. Uh, Then we'll talk about the World Series, some Premier League matchups this weekend that are pretty solid, and then uh, we'll talk about Match Day 4 in the UCL and questions time after that. But, Luke, uh, let's go ahead and just, you know, kind of talk about second and short. And um, I know I haven't really done this before, at least on the podcast. Um. So I guess I'm going to I'll start with kind of the uh the background of how this whole thing started. Um just kind of out of the bl- it, it is the quintessential two friends hanging out late night conversation. You're like, "Dude, we should start a podcast." Like me and Brock sitting in our friend's backyard by the fire just like, "Dude, we're the only two, like, still going. It's like two in the morning. <laughs> and we're like, dude, we should start a podcast. Kind of just as a joke, of course. As everybody says jokingly, we should start a podcast. And then I, like, kind of started taking it seriously um, when in one of my classes I found out that I had access to all the Adobe, like, stuff. So, like, I was messing around with Adobe Audition and Premiere and just like fooling around in there. And I was like, you know what? Like this could be a a good way to use these resources and maybe start a podcast like for real. So me and Brock kind of talked about it a little bit and he was like, yeah, uh, you know, I could at least do one like once a week. Um, And so prime day came around for some reason that that's a big part of this. Um, And there was like a pretty good deal on, um, a Yeti nano microphone. So I ordered that and then I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. So like (laughs) I just, um, I taught myself how to use Adobe illustrator and I made the first logo. Um, I made, you know, some graphics, I made a thumbnail, everything like that. And we just recorded an episode And, and it was so much fun. I, I've like, because it was just, me and Brock, is, at least, you know, he went to Ole Miss. I kind of stayed in the area, and we would just talk on the phone every now and then, and he'd be like, dude, can you believe what just happened in college football? Can you believe these college football playoff rankings, things like that? And um, we just, I was like, why don't we record these conversations? So that's kind of what this podcast started out is. is like us recording these conversations, just having fun, kind of just catching up. Like it was essentially exactly what we did every time we hung out in person, but over discord. And um, yeah, it's kind of how it started. And then I knew that Luke was, uh, you know, a huge sports fan, me and him worked together. So we had always talked sports whenever we worked together. Um, we would just spend hours talking about sports, talking about soccer, football. Really, like, literally what everything. brought us together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, our friendship was kind of like, 
you know, obviously we're, we're more than just sports, you know, buddies now, but yeah, like uh, when we started working with each other, that's how we hit it off. And that that's how a lot of people hit it off. It's kind of the beautiful thing about sports, I guess. It is. Yeah. It, it definitely like created a, a lifelong friendship just through sports. And I was like, okay, well, Luke came home for the, uh, the winter after his semester. And I was like, Hey, you know, I know you're doing the journalism stuff do you want to get in on this podcast? Cause he had talked to me about how much he enjoyed listening to it. And, um, he was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll do Brock once a week and me and you'll do one once a week. And, um, and it just kind of, you know, hit the road from there. Brock, unfortunately wasn't able to kind of keep up with it. He's super busy with his job and with school. So I totally understood that. And I think that's always been an understanding throughout this is like school is 10 times more important than this. Jobs are way more important than this. Like, that's cool. This, this needs to be kind of the last priority for most people. And it still got us here one, one year in, you know, whether I have the time or not, I find it. <laughs> staying up late nights, spending hours collecting news and writing prep sheets and making graphics and making TikToks, which I don't do enough. I'm well aware of, but um, yeah, it just, it, it's brought us this far. And the show means a lot to me because like, as I said, like it, it was a way for me and Brock to kind of catch up with each other and uh, essentially hang out over zoom, but, or over discord, but it also turned into me and Luke being able to stay in, you know, steady contact while he's been away. Um, and then Colin, I bring him on as a guest host a couple of times and he killed it. And I was like, well, I, I, you know, he was, he was kind of always like, if Brock or Luke can't record this week, Colin's the first guy to, to talk to because he always brings the energy. He knows what he's talking about. We have similar interests. Like we've known each other since I, I think almost 15 years now. Like we, we have a chemistry when it comes to, to uh, talking with each other, especially about sports. So it was kind of a no brainer to bring him in. And, you know, uh, Nathan has guest hosted on, I think two episodes. Obviously Nathan's my brother and, Mike has made appearances on this podcast, which I never would have thought of um, <laughs> until I started this thing. Like he was super entertaining, breaking down my mock draft for an episode coming on during the, uh, the NFL draft. We had Jalen come on during the NFL draft. Who's a, a mutual friend of ours and a, a former college football player himself. So yeah, it, it's been honestly just a, a dream come true. To, to do this podcast, you know, we're not, we're not making money off of this. We're not, you know, changing lives with this podcast or anything, but <laughs> every single time th that I see that there's a download, like if somebody listens to a second of this podcast, it makes my day every single time without fail. And that, that just goes to the, the viewers and the people that enjoy listening to this, uh, enjoy listening to us make ridiculous jokes about some random BS that we come up with. Um, if it's, you know, if you enjoy coming on here and, and listening to me and Colin get mad at our college football teams or Luke get pissed off at the Steelers, um, whatever it is that makes you enjoy this podcast, whatever it is about it that brings, you know, people back and is going to continue to bring people in. 
whatever it is, uh, I'm I'm glad we can supply that to you, and I'm glad that this is the uh, the place that you found for it. So, kind of just you know moving forward, like I would love to do this forever. That's kind of I I I would love for this to be a career at the moment. You know that's that's not feasible, but um, it's always an idea, and there's ways that that things could change. So, um, it's kind of uh. Not just up to, you know, the viewers and people listening, but it's up to us as well. You know, keeping up our end of the deal. Um, I certainly want to get much better about my schedule and, and posting things and editing and all that and being able to put clips out. But, you know, life gets in the way of a lot of those things and this can't be a priority at the moment, um, which I think a lot of people can understand. Um, but yeah, just, you know, kind of looking forward, I, I'd love to you know, expand this to more. I'd love to bring people in that want to do um, an NBA show or just basketball in general. I would love to have, you know, just a, a casual podcast where people just come on here to talk. Like, it doesn't have to be under the, uh, you know, second and short podcast, but could certainly be under our brand, you know, as we continue to build. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my my thoughts looking forward, but you know, for now we're going to just continue making content and, um, continue putting out podcasts because it is, it doesn't matter how many people listen to these every single time we finish an episode, we were like, damn, that was fun. Every single yeah. time. It's always like, man, that was a good episode. And it's like, Oh, well, all of them have been that way. Whether anybody enjoys listening to it or not, we have a fun time here and that's kind of what it's all about right now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my spiel, but, uh, Luke, uh, what, what would you like to say considering you've been here just about the entire time? I think you missed maybe the first month, month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I came in in December, not, I, I kind of like when it got started by you and Brock, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I promoted it out of like the want out of, well, first the fact that I thought it was cool that, you know you, my friend was, you know, doing something like that. And then also out of the fact, you know, like, Hey, this is also like my kind of, you know, career too, which shout out to Nathan, uh, for like kind of pushing you to bring me on, but I, I couldn't be more grateful. This is a, I, I definitely wanted to be a part of it as soon as I heard the first episode with you and Brock. And, um, yeah, it was awesome being brought on in December. I I'll never forget driving home from, uh, from Athens, um, made, made the two hour drive back home, went to the gym came back and took notes for the first time. I had, um, I had a Christmas, uh, like the fireplace, like the three hour Christmas long yeah. or playlist, the fireplace on. And I think we were also, it was a Thursday and I think it was maybe like the Cardinals and the Seahawks that were playing no during idea. our first episode. <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyway, just, you know, a great time. The, the emotion was high, you know, coming home from us, uh, for winter break and Christmas was soon. And, you know, I got to record my first episode and then it just it's it's always been so much fun to do this. And, yeah. you know, like even taking notes before, it's interesting to pick up on things that I missed um, and just interesting topics that I can't wait to, you know, get your opinion on. And um, 
yeah, I, I couldn't be more happier with the direction that it's going in. This has been so much fun. Thank you to the viewers for listening. I mean, we're, we're a year in, Grayson. That that really puts it in a perspective. It, it does. does not feel like it's a year, but um, yeah. couldn't be more grateful for this. I, I love doing this with you, man. It's been a real blessing. Yeah, it, like, you know, so many moments already. Like, yeah, we have, you know, some TikToks that did well and whatever and some good episodes, some episodes that performed really well, but, like, the you know the way that Luke's first episode went was great. The way that Colin's first episode is kind of like a full time guy on the podcast went. The I I I even forget we did this sometimes. The Georgia national championship video. Shout out Connor. Connor has oh been with me through like through this whole thing. Uh, always motivating me. Uh, you know, giving me tips on you know, videos and, and making the TikToks and everything. So I, I, I have the, uh, the utmost appreciation for what Connor, Connor Fisher, um, has, uh, has done for just this podcast and for me in general. Yeah, no, that, that episode was, uh, was a lot of fun when you got to come to Athens and yeah. hang out. Um, and you know, also the, the draft night, like, yeah, just if, for that being the first time we ever did an episode of that type, it could not have gone like more smoothly with like, yeah. the, like the way that people were like coming in and leaving and like you and I were like kind of the host of it. And we had like the guests come in. Yeah. It seriously could not have been more fun. And I, I mean, you and I sat in our chairs for an entire draft and talked about it. Like yeah, three and a and, half and, hours, and, I think. Yeah, Like going into it, like I felt like, I was kind of nervous because I was like, you know, what and what the fuck are we even going to talk about? Yeah. Like, obviously the draft, but are we ever going to run out of things to talk about? And no. we absolutely did not. In yeah. fact, we probably could have had guests stay longer. Yep. It, it kind of felt like they were leaving too soon almost. And yeah, we, well, Colin was, did not want to leave. <laughs> no, no, Colin was hanging out. But um, and, and just like, I don't know, all the guest stars just did such a, an amazing yeah. job, you know, bringing the vibes in. Um. And like, yeah, the the draft episode and the actual in person episode, which we need to do fucking more of those. By the way, those are so much fun to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, those two those two episodes for sure, are my highlights of being a part of Second and Short, and my first one. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. um, yeah, I I think for now that's kind of it. Our hundredth episode happens to line up pretty perfectly with this. That'll be recorded on Sunday with me and Colin. Um, I'll let Colin run through some of his favorite moments because he's, you know, definitely been along for the ride. I know he's been That's supporting since the start, but uh, you know, the first ever guest host, um, and then now becoming a full time host, um, has been great. I I couldn't ask for anything better from, uh, like I said, a guy that I've been best friends with since I was five six years old so uh yeah <laughs> yeah we'll we'll go through some more of this kind of stuff uh on monday's episode but for now just yeah thank you to everybody that listens um and uh we're looking forward to the future of this yes happy one year grayson thank you man happy one year to you as well but we can't forget about the sports and um let's start with the nfl trade deadline uh it occurred on tuesday Right, Tuesday afternoon? Yes. Yeah, Tuesday, uh, and it ended at 4 p.m. Okay, and yeah. just to kind of go through the moves, we'll start here. Seattle trades for defensive lineman Leonard Williams from the Giants for a 2024 second and a 2025 fifth. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know about this one for Seattle. I, I feel like maybe this is a maybe this is a better trade if they're in a better position. I, I don't necessarily like them giving up draft picks, but Leonard Williams is sick, and I, I feel like they could probably D line. I think they're in a decent position to make a move like that. They're five and two right now, and which definitely seems weird. They don't seem like they should be five and two, but they are. And I I, I like the move. They need help in the pass rush. That secondary is getting way too much action. They need a lot of help up front. Leonard Williams certainly addresses that. I don't have a problem that much with the compensation. You know, I, I think teams should probably be valuing second round picks in this upcoming draft because there's a lot of talent coming out. The first and the second round are going to be loaded, loaded with guys to pick up that are going to make immediate impacts in the NFL. So for the Giants, who are a team that needs draft picks, to go out and get a second-round pick in this upcoming draft is probably going to be huge for that team. Yeah, I I like this trade a lot better for the Giants than I did the Seahawks. Yeah, look, Leonard I, Williams was having a huge down year for the Giants, so I don't I don't blame them at all for for trading him off. They're already in a bad position, you know. It doesn't look great for them. Why not give up a guy, get some more draft picks down the road? Yeah, but. I get that. The next move, the Falcons received defensive lineman Contavious Street in a 2025 seventh round from the Eagles for a 2024 sixth round pick. Obviously, this one is a depth move because Grady Jarrett tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Um, Contavious Street's not horrible, but he's not going to be like, he's not going to be Grady Jarrett, is kind of my thought there. Yeah. Um, really it's just a shame that the falcons even had to do this you know in general i I don't really i don't really like them even giving up a six-round pick here honestly um but i mean you know it's a d lineman from the 49ers defense he's got to have some kind of blueprint there you know what i'm saying and maybe with you know calais campbell getting up there in age two maybe that's also kind of what they're looking at as well yeah it definitely could be but you know I, I think this is more of a move of, like, the Eagles have uh, wealth of defensive linemen. So I have no issues with them dealing one off. And for the Falcons, it's just about getting some bodies up front. You know, you can't – there's not a lot of defensive linemen that are going to play every snap. So you need a little bit of depth there to, um, you know, make things run smoothly. And this defense has been great up to this point. To lose Grady Jarrett and immediately find just even a fraction of a replacement for him is a great move by the Falcons. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm just looking at him now. Uh, he is a Georgia boy. Nice. He's from Douglas. Hell yeah. So yeah, maybe that, maybe that kind of went into the move as well. And he's actually been in the league since 2018. He got drafted by the 49ers in the fourth round. Gotcha. So, All right. Yeah, we'll we'll see how he plays in Atlanta. Maybe I mean I'm sure you know he'll definitely get reps with Grady yeah. Jarrett being out. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows what he's going to look like? Yeah, we'll have to see. But the next move, pretty big, the Bears. Big. Trading for defensive end Montez Sweat from Washington for a 2024 second-round pick. Why are the Bears trading for players? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're, I guess, trying to build – I'm I'm as lost as you are. Maybe they're just trying to build up the defense to compensate for the offense. I I really, 
I don't know. I mean, they've lacked a pass rusher really in Chicago since Khalil Mack. Yeah. I feel like they haven't really had like a steady guy. And, and, you know, Tremaine Edmonds did go down on Monday Night Football too. I'm not too sure what his injury ended up being, but He's um, questionable, I don't know. Maybe I believe at the moment. Okay. Maybe they're thinking kind of in that direction too. Um, but I mean, Montez Sweat, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And I may only a second round draft pick too for Montez Sweat. I don't know. That's that's not too bad. No, not at all. Like for- I, I think that's solid value, especially like considering the commanders kind of giving up, uh, at least on the defensive line, where yeah. yeah, I know they haven't produced quite the the numbers you're looking for, but you just franchise tagged Ron Payne, you gave him quite a bit of money, and then like you have Sweat and Young, which who who we'll talk about later, but you have both of them on the ends and it seems very good. Sometimes it's not the best. Young has definitely dealt with some injuries, but Montez Sweat has been consistently great for that team. And for them to trade him yep. off is surprising but like getting a 2024 20, second isn't the worst. There, there's a lot of changes coming to this franchise anyways. Likely, Ron Rivera is going to get fired. I, I think that's almost certain by the end of the season. He gets fired. Biennemi should probably be the coach in waiting. Um, I, I at least think that should be the case. Um, and, you know, the new ownership, everything is going down for this team right now. So going out, getting draft picks, and what's potentially going to be a very talented draft, I have no problems with. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. Right there with you. All right, well, our next move is an interesting one. The Vikings trade for Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh-rounder from the Cardinals for a 2024 sixth-round pick. Obviously, this comes right after Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. He's out for the rest of the season. Hmm. So the Vikings want to stay in it, which means Justin Jefferson will probably return week 10, week 11. So, you know, next week, maybe the week after. We'll have to see how, you know, this week goes because there's really no telling if Josh Dobbs is going to be good. He's been pretty good for Arizona, but I I, I wouldn't say like he's just going to slot right into this offense. Yeah, maybe not. Um, th- this offense definitely, as you and I both know, demands a lot more from the quarterback position than they were demanding in Arizona, for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Josh Dobbs is kind of the guy in Minnesota, or it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings try to use Alexander Madison and Cam Akers more. Uh, I really I don't know what it's going to look like offensively uh, for the Vikings going forward with this trade, but... They basically gave up nothing for a serviceable serviceable quarterback who's going to yeah. be able to get you wins. Um, so I, I think out of, you know, with Kyler Murray coming back too, I feel like this is probably one of the better win-win trades on this list. I agree. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Big t- but the next move, just a, a solid pickup. The Jaguars receive offensive lineman Ezra Cleveland from the Vikings for a 2024 six-round pick. I... I think the Jags just need offensive line help. They've looked good just about everywhere else. They're on a tremendous hot streak. And, you know, to continue this success, they got to address the offensive line, and that's what they did here. 
Yeah, Ezra Cleveland for a six-rounder is uh, kind of a steal there, I would say, for Jacksonville. Um, kind of going in with their team needs, too, not just Ezra Cleveland's skill. But, um, yeah, he's going to help out big time. Like you said, that's kind of been one of their – probably the biggest struggle offensively for them. They have the skill players. They have the quarterback. They just kind of need more offensive line uh, power there. And, yeah, this is – you know, when you start working on the O-line, it helps out literally everybody on the on the offense so um big move for jacksonville here yeah i love it but this move ridiculous like this is so the rich get richer the 49ers okay they have lost three games in a row maybe they needed this but the 49ers receive defensive end chase young from the commanders for a 2024 third round pick or a player who not only has been injured, but like, let's just be honest, who's also been kind of declining, never been as good as his rookie season. Yeah. Um, th- this is a big move for him. Th- this is a career saving move. He's yeah. going to play in meaningful football games. He's going to get some of the best coaching defensively that you can probably have in the NFL right now, being a part of that defense. And he's still young as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one's like blockbuster. And, you know, on the other side, the commanders have given up both of their ends. So it's just Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne that are left there. Um, and, and, you know, I guess, you know, to kind of go with what you were saying earlier, the commanders are just kind of laying down defensively. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're going to have some good draft picks this year, which is nice. But, um, yep. yeah, I think, exactly. I think they yeah, are Fowler. kind of giving it up. Yeah, well, I, I think it could have been a salary thing as well. Yo, Just yeah, with- those are two guys that are nearing nearing a point where they need an extension. I think Montez Sweat's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. I think Chase Young will be nearing that as well. I think his rookie contract ends after this year. Yep. So send him off to teams that maybe do have the payroll or at least need the guys right now. Save the money for re-signing them since they haven't put up maybe the desired statistics to you know warrant paying them. And um, just move forward, which, look, everybody's got to move on at some point from just about like like 95% of the players that pl- come through that team. You're going to move on from, and I, I think that's just what the commanders are doing. Yep, yeah, but damn, the 49ers, wow. Yeah, they have the potential to have one of the most ridiculous pass rushes if they didn't already. Javon Hargrave, yeah. Nick Bosa, Clellan Farrell's been great this year, like, Eric oh, Armstead. Yeah, Eric Armstead's fantastic. Then you add Chase Young opposite Joey Bosa. Choose choose a place to block. Choose somebody yeah. to double team. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It it's is actually insane. Um, but let's get to the next move. Just a, a solid, not a huge pickup, but a solid pickup. The Lions receive wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones from Cleveland for a 2025 sixth-round draft pick. What a story for Donovan Peoples-Jones. What a- That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I've always been kind of a rooter for him, even as a Steelers fan. Like I just thought he was like a very underrated, you know, deep ball physical receiver. Yeah. And that's actually something that you know the Lions haven't had since Kenny Galladay. Uh, what what a name I just pulled there. He used to be so sick. But anyway, um, you know the, the Lions. I feel like kind of rely more on their receivers getting open than they throw jump balls to people. Like yeah. Amon Ra, probably not your best catch in traffic receiver, but damn, is he like always open? 
And I feel like, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, if, if they trust him, which I think they should, he adds a different element to their pass game that I think that they should start implementing now that they have him. And only for a six-rounder is pretty good. Yeah, like Amon Ross St. Brown is, of course, ridiculously good, insanely good at creating space for himself. Um, and I think Jamison Williams definitely offers a bit of an air attack, you know, option for them as well. But adding in a guy that not only is a, a solid deep ball receiver, but he's also a decent return man if you want him to return kicks. I know you have, you know, Khalif Raymond um, for that as well, but in general, adding weapons to this Lions offense is never going to be a problem. Yeah, never. But the last move, yeah. uh, and an interesting one, at least to the people on social media, the Bills receive cornerback Razul Douglas and a 2024 fifth-round pick from Green Bay for a 2024 third-round pick. Um, the reason people were talking about this is because Razul Douglas just had uh, some ridiculous clips with Josh Allen uh, in past seasons, one of them where he hit the shit out of him and just started just standing over him talking shit. And then... Josh Allen, I believe, scored a touchdown while Razul Douglas tried to tackle him. And they stand up and they're walking back. And Josh Allen is just like, you're fucking shit. <laughs> or like, you're fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is well, gonna have to get over perfect. <laughs> and um, But people were saying, like, that's just how both of these guys are. So I was watching the Pat McAfee show right before we started. They were talking about this move. And Pat was like, these two guys are going to be best friends. Yeah. Like, that's how that's going to go. They they have yeah. a, a similar attitude when they're on the football field. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's good when you're, you know, building a team is if yeah. everybody's on the same page, that, you know, that speaks volumes like the play on the field does. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess this move is okay. I, I don't know why the Bills would really be pushing um, – for like a, a giving up a third rounder for a corner, I, I feel like their secondary is already pretty, pretty, you know, ridiculous. Maybe they, maybe up. this is two move, um, as well. But I mean, he'll slot in. He's a dog. Yeah, he's been probably better than Jair Alexander this season. I know Jair's been a little beat up, but Razul Douglas has been ridiculously good. Like Keyshawn Nixon said, like the entire locker room was surprised by this move of the Packers yep. actually willing to give him up. Um, but, yeah, like, um, I think they did. Yeah, so Kair Alam got put on the IR on Thursday today. He got put on the IR. So, obviously, this was a good move. Uh, they just lost a corner there. Um, and then didn't, yeah, Tredavious White um, tore his Achilles a couple weeks ago. So, they, they definitely needed help. Uh, in the secondary. Yeah. Um, that's all the trades that actually went down, which is kind of crazy. I, I, I think I'm so used to the MLB where there's just a long list of trades that happen at the trade deadline that yeah. I am always like, wow, nothing really happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, it's crazy because like, th I feel like this is actually more more blockbuster than it was like, you know, five or six years ago yeah. following the NFL. Like it, the NFL way more than the M or, uh, than the NBA is just it, all the teams are so conservative of how they 
like keep their players and they don't, you know, trade them for like crazy trades and you know people don't go in the free agency and get signed on these ridiculous yeah. deals. Now that's kind of changing. But um yeah, to your point, the NFL is still a little bit more conservative compared to some of the other leagues. Definitely. Um, other news before we get into NFL Week 9, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler right after the trade deadline, like the day of. Um, they both sucked at their jobs, so yeah, makes sense. Um, fun, fun fact, the Raiders, uh, I believe between Gruden and Josh McDaniels, I believe they're still paying off, they'll be paying off both of them believe a total of 80 million dollars to not coach for the Raiders <laughs> and they got to find a new one <laughs> yeah which I will um, say I love their interim uh coach I, I think his name's Anthony Pierce Antonio Pierce maybe uh, yeah I saw his press conference dog linebackers coach like you know a guy is just an absolute locker room demon if he's a linebacker yeah. coach. The Dan Campbells of the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This guy yeah. definitely is on par with like the Dan Campbells and just those hard-nosed head coach guys that we're definitely going to see the interim head coach boost for the Raiders. As much as they suck. I, I feel like that's what the Raiders need is they need a they need a coach that they're going to want to play for. Yeah. Um, I think it, there's an argument to be made, uh, especially before the firing of Josh McDaniels and uh, their GM, that they may be in a worse position than like the Patriots as far as like yeah. not only are they not a good team, but nobody, and especially your superstars and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, do not want to play there anymore. Yeah. And I want to speak on Devontae Adams for a little bit because I just don't, I don't understand why people are feeling so bad for him. And and here's why I, I understand what he's dealt with since he came to uh, to to Vegas. You know he lost his college quarterback immediately, uh, like pretty much only played a season yeah. with him. Uh, I think the Raiders were his favorite team growing up, so it, it all looked really good for Devonte Adams. But everybody forgets that it was his choice, and yeah. it happened very suddenly to leave the Packers, where he had. Not only an organization who wanted him, but a quarterback who wanted him, regardless of you know who he played with in college. And Aaron Rodgers is a California guy too. And, and I, I don't know, like I, I just don't understand the pity that he's getting because I'm looking a little bit, I guess, further back in the past than everybody's looking at. Don't get me wrong, a league where Devontae Adams is playing sick is more fun to watch. I yeah. love him as a receiver. But do I feel bad for him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Yeah, and my biggest thing is that we heard the Raiders come out and say, we're not trading him no matter what he wants, which both of the guys that could have made that decision got fired, so that makes sense. But also, <laughs> they got calls from the Jets for Devontae yeah. Adams on the trade deadline. Yeah. They got calls. Woody Johnson picked up the phone and said, hey, Looks like Rodgers is going to be back at the end of the year. Can we get his wide receiver back? And is that actually said? No, I don't. I was about to say, I don't I, been I'm not <laughs> wired. To, I'm not. I'm not tapping the Jets' phones, but um, oh probably something to that effect. And I'm sure yeah. Dave Ziegler picked up the phone. He was like, "No, not my team." <laughs> 
Not anymore. <laughs> You'll have to talk to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but like they got calls. Um, another move that almost changed. Uh, the Falcons had a, a deal lined up for Montez Sweat, and the Bears just came in late with a second round pick, and uh, they couldn't turn it down. Yeah, sucks. I, I would have loved to have Montez Sweat. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I so bad the the Steelers were about to trade for one of the Bears cornerbacks he's a young guy is it Jalen oh fuck hang on a uh, Jalen Johnson um yeah and of course you know the Steelers being the Steelers nothing happened I'm sure you know we were like we'll give you a fifth round pick for this very solid player your cornerback one might I add and the Bears were like no it's gonna have to be a second rounder and you know my conservative team there's absolutely like there's no way no. The, the fact that we been traded for Minka that long ago, like two first rounders, I can't even believe it. Like someone must have been high that day. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> believe we did that. But yeah, the Steelers once again just kind of play dead on trade deadline day. Which I mean, I'm fine with the state of the team, but a cornerback would have been so nice, man. Yeah, I would have loved a. Yeah, I I do think um, Joey Porter Jr. is going to be used a lot more. Is what it seems like. And yeah, people, he, people are like starting to come around on him, it appears. Yeah, for sure. Which is nice. I'm glad. Because we, we talked very highly of him coming out of Penn State. Um, yeah. And I'm just glad to see that people are kind of recognizing his talent. Whether he does slip up here and there, but he's a young player. That's going to happen. The kid's got talent. He's got the build for it, for sure. So I think yeah. there's no doubt he's going to be a very good player for the Steelers. Um. I think people just aren't willing to accept it just yet. Yep, that's kind of what I'm thinking. The Steelers fans want it. It's just uh, it's just really the coaching staff. Yep. All right, well, we've delayed ourselves plenty. Let's go ahead <laughs> and get into NFL Week 9. This one is going to be an interesting week, and it all starts off in Frankfurt, Germany. Dolphins Chiefs, whoa, whoa. Sunday morning. Is it Frankfurt or whoa, Berlin? Night. Oh, yeah, whatever, one, dude. Nobody fucking what, cares what about do you Thursday mean, night whatever. football. <laughs> I don't uh, care we that Canada's going to be calling plays from the sidelines. I don't care. Dude. Oh, is he? Yeah, I he didn't is. even know that. Uh, I mean, good for him. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, the over-under is 37 and a half. I'm not watching this game. You're just mad that Will <laughs> Levis beat your team, and he's going to play on Thursday night. Guess what? Titans the Titans are 0-3 away this season. I don't think they're going to win. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Will Levis looks good, and I don't don't. I'm not I'm not hype hopping on his you know hype train just yet good. because you know he, I mean his passes against the Falcons. Like I I've seen the one clip where uh, I don't even he like rolled out to yeah. the right. And then, yeah, that clip has been—I've seen it millions of times already. And I mean, he threw I that. I knew on he line, was a good but... quarterback. Like that's the yeah. thing. I was well—I'm well aware of the fact that Will Levis can play the quarterback position. Um, I'd just rather it have not happened to the Falcons. <laughs> I think it was all yeah. the jerseys. Those jerseys are unbelievable. They're so good. Yeah, which you know that's actually like a bit of controversy oh, yeah. right now. Yeah, I, Houston I've heard, certainly I, deserves those jerseys. You think so? I think so. I don't give a fuck who owns the team, whose team it was. <laughs> the teams belong to the city. As far yeah. as I'm concerned. No, 
I, I can understand that. But the Titans anyway, are actually, I'm an, pretty sure the Titans are suing the University of Houston for using that blue color for some of their jerseys. That's a little bit fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's ri- ridiculous. Yeah. But um, anyway, Thursday Night Football, we have my Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. It's, I mean, kind of a dud primetime game for all the neutral fans. I'm sorry, but I will be very happy watching my team. Um, I I don't really know how to go into this one. I, I, I'm very upset with how we played against Jacksonville. Um, first of all, I would really respect the NFL if they tried to protect Kenny Pickett. It's actually horribly obvious. Like, if you through watching Kenny Pickett, they definitely protect quarterbacks more than others. Yeah. Kenny Pickett just shit on. I, I mean, and then you had the Trevor Lawrence play, like I, I guess a couple, um, either the next drive or the drive after, where literally the same thing happens, and of course they're throwing flags for him. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But I respect the toughness of Kenny Pickett pretty much in his post-game press conference in Jacksonville was already saying that he's going to be ready to play Thursday night uh, in the short week uh, versus the Titans. And uh, I definitely respect his toughness, and I like our chances going into the Titans game. I really do. Yeah, I I, I like y'all's chances just because of the defense. The defense gives you guys so many opportunities. Obviously, the Titans don't have a horrible defense. You know, Jeffrey Simmons is great. but they're not great. Like they're very middle of the pack defense, middle of the pack offense. And I think that's yeah. a big part of this. Like the Steelers have some guys. It's not like they have just nobody on offense. They have yeah. two great wide receivers. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are great. You have Najee Harris who occasionally can do something. Occasionally. Um occasionally. and Kenny Pickett can occasionally do something as well. Is he going to throw for more than one touchdown in a game? Uh, he's only done it once. But <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he can throw the ball to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and at least do something. So I, I think they certainly have a chance. Like, I like the Steelers in this matchup. But, like, the Titans aren't just going to, like, you know, lay down. No, for sure, and I mean the they're probably going to exploit the shit out of Derrick Henry because our our run defense is kind of wavered. Um, we really haven't looked good against the running back all season long, in my opinion. Even Damon Pierce had a good game against us. Who even is Damon Pierce anymore? Um, but it, it's going to be tough, and I think Derrick Henry's probably going to go off. But you know, this is a kind of defense where. It'll be hard for Derrick Henry to last the entire game kind of yeah. running with his style. He, he's a contact running back, and the Steelers are a very, very, you know, they love contact yeah. too. Um, I think you'll see a so, lot of Minka Fitzpatrick dropping into the bottom level to meet Derrick. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, that was a big, big deal. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I, I'm not too confident in Miles Kilbrew. If it's not special teams, I think he'll probably be the other guy. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see. But I, I, I got the Steelers in this one. Score prediction, uh, I'm going to, yeah, 2010. The score from last week, except we're going to win. Okay. Um, <laughs> since the score will already be decided in the morning uh, when they're listening to this, uh the Steelers are going to... The Steelers won. Uh, 
20 to 14. Nice. And nobody watched it. Uh, all right. <laughs> now, Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time in Frankfurt, Germany. Six and two Dolphins play the six and two Chiefs. And at face value, you would assume you say, okay, the Dolphins, best offense in football, really looking good. The Chiefs just lost to the Broncos. The Dolphins should wipe the floor, right? No. No. The Dolphins have not beaten a team above 500, first of all. Let's just get that out there. Um, and I know that doesn't mean that much. And I'm not trying to say the Dolphins aren't good by saying they haven't beaten a team over 500, but they haven't played good against the two teams they played that are. Um, don't be surprised if the Dolphins catch a beating from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, man, what a matchup it looks like on paper. And I, I, I'm, yeah. I was pretty high on the Dolphins until they lost to the Eagles because that was kind of a telling loss for me. Yeah. They're still probably the most entertaining team to watch because they, you know, you have blow Hill. below. Yeah, it, that yeah that's <laughs> that really that good. does it all. <laughs> Just a lot of speed on that team, but um. The Chiefs did lose to Russell Wilson, who threw for three touchdowns and 114 yards. Yeah, that's the other part. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, that that is incredible. And I feel like the the two chief the chief loss the two losses for the Chiefs. Wow, that was a good one. Bad. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> they've been kind of like just bad losses. Like I feel like when the Chiefs lose, it's always like just, Jesus. Like yeah. they can't do anything. Um. But the Chiefs never play down to competition. If anything, playing the Dolphins is going to fire them up even more. I, I think the Chiefs could score 40. Oh, my God. Against the Dolphins. Um, I don't know about that. I would like – okay, I'm going to say something, and I'm probably wrong. And, and uh, everybody can just attack me for this. Are these two teams, out of all the teams that are two losses or better, so all the teams that have two losses are the Eagles, um, are the Dolphins and the Chiefs the most overrated? Mm. I, I Look, Maybe I could be Dolphins. entirely wrong, but if you look at the schedules that they've played and you look at the schedules that, say, the Seahawks and the Ravens and the Jaguars have played, there's a lot more impressive wins on those resumes. The Lions as well. Way more impressive wins for some of those teams compared to the Dolphins who, yeah, they're fantastic to watch. And the Chiefs who have not been as good as they have been but are the reigning Super Bowl champions, it's hard to say that both of those teams are overrated. I think they are. I, I think the Dolphins but not the Chiefs. Okay. That's int- I feel that, that's like it, my- I think, if anything, it's probably the other way around. Really? Yeah, like I know I just kind of shit on the Dolphins, but to shit on the Chiefs a little bit, like their wins, a horrible game against the Jags, but they still won. Um, But that was also kind of before the Jags really figured things out. They beat the Bears. They barely beat Zach Wilson and the Jets. They beat uh, the Vikings, who were pretty bad at that point still. Um, They beat them by a touchdown. 
They barely edge one out against the Broncos. And then they went against the Chargers in a late score, kind of made it a little bigger of a margin than it really should have been. And then they just got dominated by the Broncos. Yeah. Um, like, that doesn't look good. I don't know. Maybe you're right because, like, if you, you know, if you do really think about it, like, the Ravens are really good. I would say yeah. better than the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Um, and same goes, maybe not the Seahawks. I, I don't know. Yeah, do the Seahawks the are a weird are one. The Seahawks are a weird one. The Cowboys are a weird one. Because, like, the Cowboys yeah. can be great, but they're in kind of a similar boat as the Chiefs and Dolphins where it's like, okay, you beat the Giants, you beat the Jets, you lost to the Cardinals, beat the Patriots pretty bad, you got your ass kicked by the 49ers, and then you play a close one with say, or with the Chargers, but then on the other side of L.A., you kick the shit out of the Rams. They're so here and there that it's hard to say. But just to kind of bring us back to the game Dolphins Chiefs I think the Chiefs win I, I'm not confident at all in who I think is going to win this game though I, I think um, Patrick Mahomes is more equipped to playing teams that are as good as he is Yeah, that's if fair. that makes sense the Dolphins are um, I, I don't see the Chiefs ever playing down to a team that's better than them like it, isn't that kind of hard to like it honestly makes more sense for the Chiefs to lose to the Broncos than it would like Baltimore. Yeah. I can't see Baltimore just running all over the Chiefs, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go Kansas City here. I think, you know, what I said earlier about them putting up 40, I think it's definitely possible. Will it happen? Maybe not. Um, I'm going to go 35 31 Chiefs. Okay. Actually, let me take that back. I think it's going to be a bigger margin. We'll go 35 Chiefs Dolphins 24. Yeah, okay. I like that better. Yeah. Um international games typically hit the under uh, I'm going to go Chiefs 24 No. Chiefs 28 Dolphins 24. I like so it. Just barely. Hey, shout the out over. to the NFL. I love the games in Germany, but I want another game in Mexico City. Yeah, I feel also, like that's always good. Stephen A. Smith and Pat McAfee both had great points um, throughout today. This game should be played in America on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. The scheduling for the NFL is the worst. It's not good. But not good. I, I oh, go ahead. I was going to say I do want to mention. Uh, I, I forgot that. The Dolphins beat the Patriots last week with like the perfect uh, perfect scenario, like passing wise. You had Jalen Waddle go seven receptions, one twenty one, one touchdown, and Tyree Kill had eight receptions. He had one hundred and twelve yards and a touchdown. That's like that's exactly what yeah. you want to see. Those two combined had twenty five targets, and I think two attempted forty passes. Yeah, that I mean, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tells the story. But let's get into the one o'clock games. We'll start with the Vikings-Falcons, so I can just go ahead and get this one out of the way. I don't know oh, what Lord. the fuck is going to happen. Uh, new starting quarterbacks on both sides. I favor Taylor Heineke in this matchup, only because he's at least practiced this season, all season, like this system, all season. And he played well last week in that second half. I, I, I can't take that away from him. He played great. Um, 
It was Van Jefferson's fault that we lost. But I like our chances of scoring first in this game, and I think that's big because we can definitely use the run game to dictate the rest of the game against the Vikings. That that works. If we can get out there, score quick, and just run the clock down. And honestly, now that we don't have Ritter starting, even if we don't score first, I can at least rely on Heineke to throw the ball well enough to for us to get in position to score points. Yeah, I think I think I couldn't have said it better, honestly. Um, you know, the other side though is al- although the Vikings are probably is Dobbs going to start? I would assume. Is he going to? I mean, it's going to be a short week for him, and especially as a quarterback, you know that couldn't that may not bode well. But you know, who knows? Like what we talked about earlier with our trade um, segment is maybe the Vikings are going to super simplify everything for him. Like m- maybe the first week against Atlanta. But Atlanta, this is kind of a different team. I feel like Atlanta, they match up well against the run game defensively. The Vikings are not, they haven't been that team all season long. So it's going to be interesting, despite the Vikings having a new quarterback and no Justin Jefferson still, it'll be interesting to see how Atlanta fares against that pass offense. But on the other side of it, yes, the Falcons are coming off of a loss, but like, I mean, it was just... They lost to massive plays in that game. They they were not out of that game whatsoever. And, you know, sometimes, like, when you lose to just big plays, it's kind of, like, ticky-tacky as far as who deserved to win the game. Like, yeah, they had, like, a 46-yard touchdown pass. Like, that was just a one-hitter big play. The Falcons were in it the entire time. And that's something that we haven't really seen the Falcons do. I feel like if the Falcons get caught up defensively giving up big plays – but they're kind of run-heavy offense, they're probably out of the game. But this time they were in the game. I really think that the loss to the Titans was very telling of where the Falcons are going, and it that was really a good loss for the Falcons. It, it, there's a lot of takeaways from that one, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think we learned a lot out of that game. Obviously, we learned who the starting quarterback should be. Um, but just in general, I think there was a lot to take away from it. And Considering this game, um, I just looked at it. Most likely, Jaron Hall is going to start uh, for the Vikings. So, uh, uh, tough for Minnesota. Um, yeah, maybe but, his dad's an arm wrestler. <laughs> you better fucking hope so. Um, yeah. Too bad we're not the Raiders. Um, yeah, I just, I, I see... Minnesota having no chance because like, like we talked about what killed the Falcons last week was the big plays. Big plays are not going to come out of this team with Jaron Hall at quarterback or Josh Dobbs, honestly. Yeah. So um, that's a good point. Yeah. I think because the Vikings are going to be kind of forced into a situation where they maybe run something a little more simplified. um, I think it's going to hurt them a lot. This, this Falcons defense is good. I think people kind of forget that that like the Falcons are capable of having a good defense outside of, you know, one season ever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think we're well prepared for this game and hopefully Bijan, um, can get active. Yeah. Hopefully they can, you know, report on him correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Last thing we need is to pay more fines. Um, let's go on to the next game though. Cardinals versus Browns. Sorry. We need a score. 
Oh shit! Yeah, uh, Falcons a hundred, Vikings zero. Nice. I'm probably looking at like Falcons, Falcons twenty seven, Vikings twenty. I'm gonna go Falcons twenty one, Vikings ten. Okay. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Cardinals Browns, gross, just Ooh. bad. But first week back for Kyler. Um. Once again, I am going to have to question this team's willingness to win because right now they have the first pick. Because the Panthers have already had a bye week, the Cardinals have the worst winning percentage. Um, I don't know. Maybe just lose. <laughs> You're in Cleveland, well, too. Hey, I can tell you right now, uh, especially being in Cleveland, this is not going to be a good game for Kyler Murray to come back and play. No. <laughs> He might just get hurt again <laughs> against this defense. He is a small boy. It's, you could not have gotten a worse game to come back to. It might oh be the God. right week, like, though, because – I Actually, okay, I want I you to go do a little research real quick. I would like you to go okay. pull up the Browns injury report. Is it, Do we got a like a religious text of an injury report here? It's absurd. Uh, uh Damn, these are all guys. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of guys on this list, Grayson. Yeah, including Deshaun Watson, who for some reason... Miles Garrett. Yes, um, Greg Newsom as well. But for some reason, Deshaun actually... Bro, this is like everybody. Yeah, it's it's essentially <laughs> everyone. Um, they're trying to not end up in an Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith situation. Um, yeah. So Deshaun... Didn't appear to be limited. He took every snap with the first team at practice today. Was still considered limited in practice. Uh oh. <laughs> don't know what that means. Um, I don't know what that means either. Um, yeah, and everybody else on the team is questionable. Literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to kind of run through some of these names, you have Anthony Walker at middle linebacker, Taki Taki, yeah. who's been kind of a playmaker for them, also at linebacker, Zadaria Smith, David Njoku, like you said, Greg Newsome, Miles Garrett's on this list, Jerome Ford is on this list, uh, Grant Delphit, who I think is their starting safety, yep. he's on this list, Mari Cooper, uh, Joel Batonio, and David Bell. Jerome Ford, I believe, just was to- at least on Wednesday. Uh, he still is now. Yeah. Uh, he was limited in practice with an ankle injury. Um, Mike Ford, one of their cornerbacks, he was limited uh, at practice with a glute injury. His ass hurts. I just had to say that. I'm sorry. I'm a child. That was but, an um, observation. You know, it, it's still their defensive coordinators, though. You, you can't take yeah. out that AFC North mindset that the Browns yeah. have had. And honestly, like, is Miles Garrett? Let's see. Oh, no, he was a completely did not practice. I don't know, man. This is gonna be this is gonna be a weird game. Maybe Kyler is kind of poised to have a That's statement game. Who knows? Might be weird. Know. Like I know Cleveland is favored by eight still, with all these questionable players and all this weird shit going on with Deshaun Watson. They're still favored by eight points. Um, once again, it kind of gets back to that. Do the Cardinals actually want to win? Probably not. Not this game. Yeah. Um, no. Not. not- <laughs> you got to wait on the Panthers to win another game before you're willing to. <laughs> yep. Then again, yep. like but- they're probably not going to draft a quarterback, which pisses me off. 
Hmm. I don't know. I've he- I've heard a lot about Caleb Williams to the Cardinals. Yeah, I feel like if you have the first overall pick, you're going to take Caleb Williams, and then in two years, you'll probably regret it. I think he's not going to be good in the NFL. Yeah, he's had a bad past couple of games. Uh, he really has. Yeah, but just in general, Heisman winners in in general just kind of fall fall short. Other than Burrow at the moment, it's not a very good Heisman winner in the NFL at, at quarterback. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, me and my dad talked about that a couple weeks ago. He was like, all the best quarterbacks don't win Heisman. And I was like, yeah, like Burrow, Lamar. That's it right now. Yeah. Hurts mm-hmm. never won. Um, like, what's the other the other active ones are like Baker, Kyler, um, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. It's not great. That's- and even if you wanna if you wanna go back to like the the real era of like quarterbacks kind of like of our childhood, Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, Philip Rivers, Rivers was like what NC State yeah. or something like that. Wolfpack. Um yeah, Peyton Manning was on a volunteers team. Yep. I don't think he, he was never a Heisman winner, was he? I think he was a finalist. Uh, Eli went to Old Miss. Like all these guys, you know, they went to good colleges, but I, I don't really feel like no. they were necessarily in the limelight at these colleges. No, what when they were there? Well, like they were sense? definitely like they were talked good. about. Like all those guys yeah. were high draft picks, and then they were talked yeah. about going to the NFL. They were never in conversation for Heisman. It was always the one yeah. season wonders. That's how it's always yeah. been. Yeah, exactly. Strange, but Very strange. You know, to get back on 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 task here, uh, Cardinals Browns score prediction. What what are we thinking? Ah, uh, boy. <clears throat> Dang, I, I wish you wouldn't have made me look up the injury report because now my gears are turning. I know. I know what to say. Um, Browns 21, Cardinals 20. Close okay. Game. I'm going to go Browns 21, Cardinals 17. Okay. Uh, all right, next yeah, game, so though. Nothing to our score predictions. Yeah. We're both going the Browns. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to pick the Commanders. Or not the Commanders, the Cardinals. Um, yeah, it's it a is. tough one. But it the is. next game, Rams versus Packers. My only note, this game's going to suck. Yeah, what a bum game, man. It's going to be drunk like guys, Brett right, Rippian. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is like two crackheads fighting over like a – fucking saltine yeah damn that's pretty low um yeah i don't i don't even know what to say about the rams anymore like dude it was so much fun at the beginning of the season like just puka nakua just for one saying his name and and two just you know matthew stafford was just slinging it but yeah matthew stafford is kind of proving to not be as durable as we may have hoped he is and um it, yeah, it's just all down the drain for him, honestly. It, yeah. it doesn't look too good at all. No, not at all. Because not just Thumb, but the, the UCL now, um, it's not good. Yeah. He, his arm, I said it on Monday's episode, his thumb was the subject of bullying in that game against the Cowboys. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, Go after Thumb, guys. The Packers, <laughs> silver lining, they're at home. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's helping them, I think. Like, AJ 
or uh, not AJ Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones is expected to be like a hundred percent back in this offense now. What does that even? Do, mean yeah, what does that mean? Though? Seven carries probably. That's how much he had last week. Yeah, he'll have as many carries as Jordan Love probably has interceptions. Um. <laughs> nice. Um, oh boy! Like I, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this game at all. It this has like fourteen to seven written all over it. It really does, and you know, just to look at the Packers a little bit more deeper, I, I don't even, I don't even have a blueprint for them anymore, man. Yeah, like. I I don't even it, it's gotten to the point where the two stable players on their team well there, there's more than just two but I guess offensively Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and now I don't even really know about them I don't know what's been going on over there I, I was really hoping you know best case scenario for the Packers because I know you were high on them and I wasn't at the beginning of the season best case scenario for me would at least be an offense that was Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon run yeah. But you're only rushing the ball 17 times against the Vikings last week. Yeah. And it's it's mind-boggling to me, I think me, their man. biggest I, issue, I just, though, their biggest issue with that is that they can't get a lead. They cannot score the first touchdown. No. No. Absolutely not. That's what kills them, but I, I, I still think they have a chance in this game. Like, the Rams' defense sucks. Well, I'll, I'll say it. Um, at least against good teams. Uh, but when it comes to the Rams now, it's like, okay, um, at least last week you had Stafford to make up for no Kyron Williams. Um, now you have Brett Ripien and like Royce Freeman in the backfield trying to do anything. Yeah. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are there. I I don't know how much of a help they're going to be to all that just of a mess in, in the backfield. So yeah, uh, and they're at Lambeau. It's gonna be cold. I'm gonna take the Packers, but it's gonna mm. be ugly. Trust that it's gonna be ugly. I'm yeah. Uh, Packers seventeen, Rams nine. Ooh, that's a I like the nine there. Yeah, no. I'm gonna go seventeen fourteen Packers. All right, seventeen fourteen Packers. Uh, all right, next game at one o'clock. Commanders, Patriots. Uh, honestly, not much better. No, no, not it's at all. It's a miracle that the... the Patriots are favored in a game, but I don't really understand that. I'll be honest. I know the Commanders <laughs> yeah, just traded away two of their best defensive players, but they still have an offense. Yeah, Sam Howell can sling it, dude. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, John Dotson are great. Brian Robinson. Uh, another Commander Eagles game in the 30s. I like. Yeah. I don't. I <laughs> Sam Howell almost threw for 400 yards. <laughs> yeah, he had a great Damn. game. Yeah, he did. Um, no, I mean the Commanders. I I just they they match up well against this Patriots team. The yeah. the Commanders are trading defense, but the Patriots don't have an offense. The the Commanders. The, this is. I'm just going to put this game simple. The Commanders are a team that can score 30 points. The Patriots could never even imagine scoring 30 points yeah. in this game. It takes about so, four competent players on the defense to shut down Mac Jones. Yeah. So I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, they have the young secondary, and they got the two interior guys. Yeah, And didn't um, Kendrick Bourne get hurt too? He like tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. 
Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So the Patriots yep. are even more fucked because Kendrick Bourne was the only one play- doing anything at wide receiver all year. Yeah. Yep. I, and I, you know, I, I don't think the Patriots, I, I respect Bill Belichick for being so hellbent on having always two good tight ends. Yeah. Like you had Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, if I can Martellus even mention Bennett. his name. Martellus Bennett. Um, and then like just a couple seasons ago, you brought in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry coming off of amazing seasons with the Titans and Chargers. Yeah. But it's just not working anymore. Like they, the, I feel like Mike Sicky or... Hunter Henry at this point is just taking up cap space. You only need one of them at this point. <laughs> and the problem is, is that they don't use either of them. No, they don't. It's like, what's the use in having that. two? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it either. But uh, They badly need Matthew Judon back. Really yeah, badly. They don't have a pass rush anymore. They don't have a pass rush. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're expecting your sacks to come from safety Kyle Duggar, you're fucked. <laughs> Even though he's good at that. But, he is good at that. Um, Patriots 14, Commanders 28. Uh, I'm going to go Commanders 31, Patriots 14. Nice. I think the Commanders offense is just going to be too good for them. Uh, next game, though, just another fucking horrible game. Um, Bears Saints. God, that is so <laughs> bad. Can Derek Carr really... actually use his wide receivers? That's the big yeah, we, question. We Will he throw to Rashid Shahid amazingly this week? Don't know. Will he throw to Alvin Kamara eighteen times? That one you can you can mark it off on the list. That's already done. <laughs> yeah. Game hasn't started. Doesn't start for multiple days. He's already thrown to Alvin Kamara twenty times in this game. <laughs> Montez Sweat is going to be all over him. Yeah. Yep. Taysom Hill. How about him the past couple weeks? Yeah. It's been fun. He's been useful. That's that's uh, as far as I will go with Taysom Hill. I will never call him good, great. I will call him useful. That's the highest, the utmost respect I can show for him. <laughs> I respect that. Um What's been kind of weird for the Saints, and I don't know if this is just new quarterback things, but really expected Chris Olave to be more of a threat this season. Yeah, well, I think I expected yeah. Derek Carr to be a better quarterback for him. <laughs> yeah, which coming off of a fantastic offensive game against the Colts, but, you know, it's also the Colts. So Yeah, the Colts' defense is so fucking bad. Yeah, it really is. And the Saints' defense is pretty bad, too. Um Despite them kind of having some, uh, you know, like Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, you know, guys like that, uh, Demario Davis. But, um, yeah, just another stinker of a game. Uh, yeah. But I don't see how the Bears win. The, the Saints, I, I, I don't know what it is, but even when their offense is bad, I still like watching them. There, there's something about the pairing of Olave and Michael Thomas that's interesting. I do like Taysom Hill a lot when he's being, as you said, useful. I think that's a good way to put him. And Alvin Kamara is just like easily one of my favorite non-stealers out there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually enjoy watching the Saints play uh, in this kind of uh, in this world, and it's interesting to see Derek Carr on a different team. But they're not very good; <laughs> they're not very consistent. Um, but it's going to be enough to push them over the Bears, who have just had they 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 have nothing in Chicago. Yeah, nothing. I- Montez Sweat. 
Yeah, they have Montez Sweat, who, honestly, if you can force Derek Carr to throw picks, you can win a football game against him. 100%. Because once he throws the first one, he just opens the floodgates. But (laughs) my problem for the Bears, because if you've been listening to the show for both seasons we have covered the NFL, you've probably... I've probably only picked the Saints to win two games ever. Um, I hate them with every fiber of my being. But Justin Fields didn't practice on Wednesday. Seems like he's progressing towards a comeback. I don't know if it's going to be this week. If Badgett plays, I still don't hate their chances of winning. The one that kills it for me uh, is Tremaine Edmonds. He didn't practice on Wednesday. If he doesn't play this game, they will get wiped across the floor. If he does, they have a chance, but I, I think I still have to pick the Saints. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Saints in this one. Um, uh, tw- uh, 24-10, Saints. Yeah, hold on. I got to know if, if Fields is going to play or not. Let's see. He is didn't practice Thursday. Not looking good. Uh, since Badgins the quarterback, I'm gonna go Saints 24, Bears 10. Nice, same score. Um, all right, so many fucking games this week. Good lord, a lot of one o'clock games. Next uh-huh. game though, Seahawks Ravens. Ooh, finally some content. Yeah, and if if Lamar comes out like he has been, if he comes out hot, Seahawks have a zero percent chance of winning this football game. Zero, really. If Lamar Jackson plays good football in this game, they will kick the shit out of the Seahawks. And I was just talking about how the Seahawks are pretty good. We were also talking about how the Ravens are great. That's the difference here in this game. Yeah, no, I I agree. But, you know, the Seahawks, they they have the receivers, man. They have the weapons in the run game as well. I, I feel like to be able to keep up with a Lamar Jackson offense, but... It's more of a sure chance I feel like Lamar Jackson will play well than Geno Smith and his offense will play well because we haven't That's seen that yeah be consistent exactly um but what what a draft pick Zay Flowers is turning out oh to be for this God. team it, yeah it and you said it I I will admit you said it I did not think that Zay Flowers would be like off the bat I I yeah. thought it was Quentin Johnson how, how more wrong could I have been but um yeah, no, he's just been perfect because I feel like the Ravens could have easily been like, okay, we signed Odell, we have Mark Andrews still, we're going to use our pick somewhere else. They very well could have done that. But they're they're not the team they are today without Zay Flowers. Not at all. Bad. Um, yeah. I need Gus to... Edwards still too. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah, Gus yeah. Edwards is on some other shit right now, man. Um, but I have to talk about the, the Seahawks here. I, I like the creativity with this offense throwing to Jake Bobo. I think he had a rushing touchdown last week. They're getting creative, but run the fucking ball, please. Kenneth Walker had a ridiculously good opening drive. He had three carries for 47 yards last week on the opening drive. And he finished with eight carries for 66 yards, five more carries in the entire game. And also, DK Metcalf, what the fuck happened last week? 14 targets, 5 receptions? You might as well be giving half of his targets away. 
Yeah. Throw to Jake Bobo, <laughs> who's catching the ball right now. Throw to JSN, who's having great weeks, two straight weeks with a touchdown for him. They threw to Tyler Lockett nine times. He caught it eight times and had a significantly better game than DK. Just because he's on the field does not mean that you have to continue to throw to him over and over and over again. If he's not going to catch the ball, don't throw him the ball. Because you have so many options to go with on this offense. It's crazy. Yeah, and you know, to your point, they're not utilizing them, especially in the no. run game. Like even Zach Charbonnet, five carries, fifty-three yards, and his longest was twenty-one. Like that's that's an average of a first down every time he touches yeah. the ball. And he's great when he catches the ball too. And yeah, he he is. Uh, and you know, to your point with Kenneth Walker as well, like this was not like he slowed down. They no. literally just stopped giving him the opportunities. Yeah, they, they just stop. I, I don't understand it, but and they somehow come away with the win against Cleveland. <laughs> I think that was uh, PJ Walker's doing. Um, yeah, but with this game score wise, I I think the Ravens run away with it quickly. I think it gets really? out of hand fast and just like kind of coasts from there. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. Ravens 31, Seahawks 17. It was a popular score last week. I'm going to go with it again uh, this week. All right, I'm going to go Baltimore 28, Seattle 20. All right, a little bit closer for you. The last game of the 1 o'clock slate, Buccaneers-Texans, no clue what happens in this game. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, even C.J. Stroud has been kind of on the climb down. He started hot. Yeah. Hadn't really been anymore and kind of the same thing with the buccaneers i think um it's weird they're both in a similar position yeah the buccaneers have lost three straight actually lions uh lions atlanta then buffalo when chris godwin haven't put up more than 18 points in a game so things are kind of failing there but hey carolina or not not carolina well yeah carolina off of a win against houston which is uh very strange. I didn't think it was going to come against the Texans, but no. hey, it came. <laughs> it did. Um, it, it did. The Texans are just weird, man. Like, they can be good. They can be very good, actually. Yeah. CJ Stroud can be very good. Is it going to show against the Buccaneers' defense? I don't know. Mm. Is this Texans' defense yep. going to step up and show something against this Buccaneers' offense that hasn't been good, but can be it's it's both of these teams are so obvious like they have the things that it takes to be good and they don't use them or they don't they just aren't good both of them exemplify that idea like it is absurd but yeah i still kind of like the texans I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I, I don't think that if the, the Texans didn't have a run game against Carolina, or, well, you could argue that they did, but they spread it out among yeah. so many people. Um, But that's just going to be even worse against the Buccaneers, which, you know, means it goes into the hands of CJ Stroud. And I feel like just with his momentum right now, it hasn't been very good. The the Tamp uh, the Buccaneers have um, some veterans on that defense that are going to know what he's going to try to do. They're yeah. you know they're probably going to love to eat up on this rookie. 
So um, I'm going to go the Buccaneers in this one. I like them a lot. And you know the Buccaneers receivers, like despite them not scoring a lot of points, like they still, like you said, have the weapons to move the ball down the field. It's yeah. just a matter of getting to the end zone for them. And I think they're going to do it more than the Texans. Okay. I think I'm going to go with the Texans because last week the play calling was weird. Not like any other Texans game I've watched this season. I think they end up reverting back to anything that was successful because obviously nothing went well last week. I think they make some changes there. I think you know, Dalton Schultz has been so up and down this week. Like If you're looking fantasy football-wise, seven games, he's boomed three times, he's busted three times. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he'll get some targets just because you kind of want to avoid Jamel Dean. You kind of want to avoid the guys in the middle. You'll see Dalton Schultz running to the sideline a lot for like three, four yards. I think that happens yeah. a lot in this game just to avoid pressure. Um, and I think this team also kind of allows a deep ball to happen every once in a while. Nico Collins, Tank Dell do that very well. CJ Stroud, of course, can throw the ball a mile. Um, so that's not going to be an issue. So I'm going to take the Texans uh, and I'm going to take them t- uh, 20. I'm going to go 21 20. Very close game. Okay, I'm going to take the Buccaneers uh, 24-17. I just think it's they they got to give Chris Godwin and Mike Evans more more targets than Rashad White, I think yeah. is where you can start. Um, yeah. I, I have no problem with Rashad White getting seven receptions, 70 yards, but like it, you're, you're going to have to be throwing the ball more than that, and Baker's going to have to be a little bit more accurate in this game, but I think he's capable of doing it, and I mean, you and I know – you know very well the capabilities of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and I think that's going to carry them to the victory against the Texans 24 17 Buccaneers. All right, our next game starts off the four o'clock slate Colts Panthers. Ugh. I feel like the Colts should probably win, they've been giving up a lot of points, uh, but definitely don't think I'm going to fall for the Panthers. Don't think that that win Just- means anything. No, no Anthony Richardson and a, you know, a Jonathan Taylor that's just still trying to get back into his groove. There is nothing entertaining about the Colts anymore. Yeah, but they're still going to beat the Panthers. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, there, there is a snowball's chance in hell that I fall for this Panthers team after that game. <laughs> they're yeah. not a shot. Yeah. They played horrible. The Texans were just worse. Yeah, and on the other side, you know, I, I know that Jonathan Taylor has kind of not been necessarily the back yet, but last week in their loss to the Saints, like Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries, 95 yards, no touchdowns. But then you had Zach Moss, 11 yeah. carries, 66 yards. They, they have well a nice together going. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I honestly like – as somebody who drafted Jonathan Taylor first round in one of my leagues, I don't like that Zach Moss is still a part of this offense, but you have to respect the Colts for not just like kind of giving up on him as soon as Jonathan Taylor come yeah. came back. And they have a really probably the best running back tandem in, in the league right now, I would say. And Jonathan Taylor's only been, you know, around for like a couple of games. So, um, yeah, I respect the Colts a lot for leaving uh, Zach Moss into their offense. And, yeah, like you said, the Panthers are still complete shit. Yeah. Um, no run game. Uh, 
picking up Miles Sanders, like you could not have spent your money worse. <laughs> could have gotten anybody else, but you got yeah. Miles Sanders. Um, Adam Thielen still looks good. Jonathan Mingo is starting to become more a part of the offense, which I think is good for their future. Um, but yeah, this Panthers team is complete shit. Yeah, I will say the one thing on the Panthers side is that they essentially need to win football games because they don't have a first-round pick. It goes to the Bears. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It's weird. Like, you'd, be yeah. think, you'd think this team should lose games to get a better draft pick. It doesn't matter. I guess you could lose games and get an early second-round pick. Um, sure. But yeah. you already kind of missed out on the party um, if you're doing that. Like, I get it. You drafted the guy who you think is going to be your franchise quarterback, um, and there's a chance he is. You also set yourself up for failure yeah. for, for years right. to come. Yeah. It's kind of hard to make a guy your franchise quarterback when you set him up for failure. It's almost, you know, and I'm actually going to ask you a question right now. Should they have waited? Should they have maybe stuck with just Andy Dalton? No. For a season? Really? No. If you have the opportunity to draft either Young or Stroud, you're going to take it. Other people called the Bears. The Panthers obviously wanted it a lot. The Bears were not going to pick. They were not going to take a quarterback. A quarterback yep. had to be taken number one overall in that draft. I get why the Panthers would trade up. There were plenty of other teams that probably called the Panthers were willing to give up the most to go and get a quarterback. The problem is it's not a franchise that's willing to spend any money. Yeah. They're not good. Like they have to go out in free agency and get offensive linemen this offseason because you can't draft one in the first round. Yeah, you could probably get a good one in the second round. You're you're gonna have to go out and pick up some defensive players. You need more help on that defensive line than just Brian Burns. You need more help in the secondary outside of just J.C. Horn. It seems like they try to solve their problems by getting one player every single time. One player doesn't do the work. No. You can't have one wide receiver. You have zero running backs. You can yeah. start there. But like it is just absurd to me that they they put all of that into getting that pick knowing damn well that those owners and that GM are not going to spend the money to make it a successful team. Bryce Young might be a successful quarterback. It's not going to be for the Panthers if he is. He's going to be his ceiling with the Panthers is Matthew Stafford with the Lions. Yeah, wow. What a, what a comparison. I, I think that's, that's very odd. It, it's, a, it's a franchise that's not known for going out and making moves. They don't set him up to win. Like, it, it lines up very well. That, yeah. that, that would be the case. The Panthers are not a winning franchise. They're not going to be a winning franchise until things change, and I don't think things are going to change. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right there with I you. I just I don't know why I felt the need to get on a rant there about the Panthers. But, you know, I did. That was good. I like that one. Um, 
Yeah, no, the Panthers have set themselves up for failure for years. And, I, you know, something that you didn't mention that I think it's fair to say is Bryce Young's already gone down once. Super minor injury. Yeah. But we we could be seeing that a lot more often, unfortunately, with him, which is the last thing that you need because then you can't trade him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, But, yeah, um, Colts-Panthers, dud game. Colts are going to win 21-10. I think the Colts are going to win 24 to 6. I like it. Um all right, Giants Raiders. You. Uh, it's actually such a bad what? game. I forgot to put it on the prep sheet. It's just not here. <laughs> Didn't even realize it. Uh doesn't yeah, need to be. This game sucks. It sucks. Yeah, this game's gonna be like two to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get a safety for the Raiders and a safety on a two point conversion attempt by the Giants. Um and it'll be two one scoregami. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I talked about how the Raiders are gonna have the interim head coach boost, and I think that's true. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, and, and like I said, it's it's they the coaches, not the coaches, the players of the Raiders need a coach that they like. Yeah. It's just it's such a bad environment over there right now, I feel like. And, you know, Josh Jacobs has been unhappy in that organization. Devontae Adams is kind of, you know, he's he's kind of new to the unhappy uh, train yeah. over there. But, um, yeah, no, like like you said, and I like how you mentioned that he's like a linebacker guy because linebacker coaches got to be ferocious. They got to be just loud and exciting people. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. it might be perfect for the Raiders moving forward. I I think so. Um, you know, he's not going to be the head coach. Uh, you know, after this season, but for now, I think that's the the mentality they need. They need to fight. And I think having a hard-nosed guy like that, which just about everybody does. When they fired Gruden, Rich Bisaccia, or Bisaccia, um, fantastic interim head coach, got him to the playoffs. Um, yeah. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff they do in Oakland. and or In Vegas, sorry. Still used to that one. Um, <laughs> I still try to call the Rams St. Louis sometimes, so... I'm very stuck in my ways because that was a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, like I think Danny Dimes is back. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. It just means there's going to be more turnovers. Maybe more yeah. points, but more turnovers. Yeah, the um, – Giants threw the ball 14 times against the Jets. Yeah. Tommy, between if, two to- if Tommy DeVito is playing a game in the National Football League, something is wrong. Dude, it's the DeVito guy for the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is Daniel Jones? <laughs> what did Tommy DeVito <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, um, what is Tommy DeVito? Uh, former Syracuse quarterback that sucked at Syracuse. Yeah, so he's a he's a homegrown kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I would assume he's so, from New so York. Far. His name is Tommy DeVito. Um, Saquon Barkley had three receptions for zero yards, thirty six carries. Um, 
Yeah. Just oh my god, like the. <laughs> This is honestly more of a bad win for the Jets than it is a bad loss for the Giants. Like looking at the Giants offensively, I don't see how the Jets just didn't blow them away. Yeah, well, you got to remember no their their offense, not good. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, not, Final I'm... score for this game. I'm tired of talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Raiders. Uh, Raider. This one seems like it'll have a weird score. Somebody's gonna like miss extra points and stuff. Uh, Raiders yeah. 16, Giants 12. Okay, I'm going to go weird score with you, too. I'm going to go Raiders. Um, oh, damn. Raiders, yeah, Raiders 16, Giants oh, 6. 16, okay. I'm going to stick with 16, Sick. yeah. <laughs> All right, now good. to the good games. Yes. Cowboys, Eagles. Oh, damn. I think this is this is the kind of game that exposes the Cowboys. Like the, it's this is the team that would do it, but maybe they don't. Uh, I don't know, That's man. They, like, the Cowboys have been good against Philly in recent years. Yeah, I know. That's even with uh, Cooper Rush, didn't they? Or almost? Yeah, they were close. I think. Uh, yeah. My issue is like, is Tony Pollard useless? Is he just? Not good anymore. Why, like just saying the sentence. Like, did Tony Pollard need Ezekiel Elliott? That is just a crazy sentence to say. I know. I, not, I don't get it. I, does he need Rico Dowdle? <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with Tony Pollard. Uh, he I don't just either. isn't it, good now. Very bizarre season. I, I I think you and I were both high on him. Yeah. Like, you know, first time in his career, he's going to be the running back one, and he just has not. He's not been there. Yeah, I wouldn't not have drafted really. him in the second round in fantasy football if I knew. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I think it's hard to pick against the Eagles. Like, dude, AJ Brown is not a human being. In October, he had 40 receptions, 700 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. I actually traded A.J. Brown away this season. Yeah, that's crazy. I traded him for Kyron Williams and Chris Olave. <laughs> one of them's hurt, and oh, one of them's man. Chris Olave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of them's hurt, trade. and one of them's quarterback is Derek Carr, <laughs> yeah. um, which is just as good as being injured. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. so hard to pick um, against the Eagles. Like I like the Cowboys. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in this game. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'm going to go division rival. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are going to win. But I want to mention something, and I just think this is—it's crazy to say this out loud. But like all the weapons that the Cowboys have brought in, especially this season offensively, how is C.D. Lamb the only consistent person? I don't get it. Brandon Cooks, I don't, I don't useless. Even Jake Ferguson is yeah. better than Brandon Cooks. And honestly, like, could you say better than Tony Pollard right now oh, for yeah, the team? I would say. It, At least I Jake mean, Ferguson's getting touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> getting into the end zone. But, yeah, the Cowboys, um, just a weird team this year, man. Yeah. If they didn't have their defense, they'd be fucked. Yeah. All right, final score. I, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Like I said, I'm going to go 20 um, – 24-20, Cowboys. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. They're at the link. Um, I think I'm going to go 20, 27, 23. Okay. like it. All right. I like it a lot. Bills, Bengals, Sunday night football. I have no predictions. I just hope it's a great game. Let DeMar Hamlin take the field. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, okay. I will say the camera is going to be all over him in this game. I know he's not going to play. I think he's already questionable. He's not going to play. The commentators are going to bring him up every single time somebody gets tackled. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be the issue here. We're going to see just all, (laughs) we're going to see the DeMar ambulance uh, probably, even though they're in Cincinnati. Um, The Bills will probably take it on the plane with them. (laughs) <laughs> the Demar ambulance. Yes, yeah. I didn't come up with that. Um, it's hilarious. That that ambulance is ridiculous. Oh it, it's as if he died with that ambulance. It's not oh, even the ambulance man. he was in. No, it's not. <laughs> it's crazy. But okay, it's in Cincinnati. Um, here's my prediction for the game. Uh, DeMar Hamlin takes the field to a standing ovation. Uh, they show a video of him on the big you know, board. Um, the cameras just never stop cutting away from him. If anybody gets injured, he, the camera will just be a close-up on his face. Um, yeah. If T. Higgins gets hurt, um, the whole world will collapse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if... If anybody has a head, neck, back, heart injury, um, I think the entire NFL will burn to the ground. I think the whole world will just disintegrate. Yep. So that's my prediction. Game prediction. (laughs) Somebody gets hurt. Somebody goes unconscious, and the whole world disintegrates during Sunday Night Football. Oh my God! Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, aside from aside from the jokes, though, what a game this is going to be. Bro. Oh yeah. I mean, the Bengals, Bengals. You know, hot. St- yeah, statement win over a 49ers team that's kind of you know unraveling just a little bit. Yeah, concussed um, Brock Purdy. Yeah, Very concussed, concussed Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um. Super concussed Brock Purdy, but um. Yeah, Joe Burrow looked amazing. Absolutely amazing against the 49ers defense. Probably one of the best quarterback performances against this kind of like modern uh, 49ers defense. Only four incomplete passes, three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. Joe Mixon also with a good game too. But Buffalo also looks really, really good. Um, I just don't know. But Buffalo's had some close games that kind of make me question if they can get over the Bengals with how hot they are in this one. Kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I think for both of these teams, it's certainly must win. I think the Bengals are still trying to prove that they're back, but the Bills are trying to prove that they deserve to be at the top despite a couple of tough losses. It, it's a weird situation um, for both teams. I don't know if either team has the edge, though. Like I, Nobody has the edge in this matchup, in my eyes. Nobody. Yeah, nobody does. Like Cincinnati's favored by two. That's a entirely home home game 
based uh, line, but an over under of 49 and a half means this game's going to be high scoring. Um, I, I still don't know though. Like the bills picked up Leonard Fournette. He looks great in practice. He looks like he has not stopped working out since he got cut by the Buccaneers. I mean, good for him with James Cook and Latavius Murray. too. Yeah. Wild. That's going to be scary, but, um, very similar teams. Like if you yeah. want to break it down, Josh Allen and Burrow can put they're, they're going to put up similar numbers all throughout their careers. Um you you have I guess running backs like that are hit and miss. Joe Mixon can hit and he can Joe miss, Mixon misses so can a Mixon. whole lot more than James Cook, especially this season. Especially this season, that is fair. But receiving, you know, you you have um Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis and then this Khalil Shakur guy who's been amazing. Yeah. On the other side, you have Jamar, Higgins, and Boyd. It, I mean, they're yeah. very, I give very the Bengals similar. a slight edge, except for that T. Higgins has been non-existent all season. See, I would give the Bengals a slight edge, but for me, the way that Dalton Kincaid has been playing kind of mm. levels yeah. it out. The Bengals don't really have a tight end. The, yeah. the Bills definitely do, and they're rookie. Um, God, who who's going to win this game? I, I genuinely am at a loss. I have no idea. I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna take the Bengals. I'm gonna feed the hot hand. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bengals. Uh, Bengals twenty eight, Bills twenty seven. I'm trying to figure out where the game is. Uh, it's in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'll just go Bengals. Then home field advantage. Um, at that dreaded stadium. Uh, I'm going to go 31-28 Bengals. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Football, which I don't know how I feel about. Uh, Chargers-Jets. Okay, am I sick for saying that I like this matchup? Is there something wrong with me? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Because despite the Chargers being 3-4, and four, they have entertaining players, and the Jets have entertaining players. So okay. no, you can say that. Because there, there's something I like about and I've talked about this before there's something I like about a matchup of good offense versus good defense and bad offense versus bad defense that I love <laughs> cuz there is no telling who's going to come out on top no there's cuz a lot of matchups we see are like good offense versus better defense like yeah. bad offense versus worse defense these two teams are literally like the offense and the defense line up perfectly. The defense and the offense line up perfectly. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson just pisses me off at this point. Like, watching Hard Knocks, I see a different Zach Wilson, a humble kid that we've highlighted so many times on this podcast, but he just still can't. He doesn't have the ability yet. Yeah. He just does. He looks better. De- definitely has improved, I would say, than last season, but he's not – He's not the quarterback that's guaranteed to make you to the play or get you into the playoffs. Um, yeah. Which, you know, the Jets are lucky that they have a robot, Aaron Rodgers, that is throwing at in pregame these days. True. Um, I, I kind of think in this game, the Jets do have a good defense, but I'm going to ride high on the Chargers' offense in this one. And if the Chargers are scoring a lot, it's pretty obvious who's going to come out on top because the Jets will not be able to keep up, and I think that's what's going to happen in this one. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Jets. 
Okay. 2117. 2117? Yeah. Jets, okay. I'm going to go um, Chargers 28, Jets 13. All right. That's yep. it. That's NFL Week 11, and that's exactly how it's going to go. Nothing different from what we said. Uh, zero discrepancies, as it does every week. Very bad week of football, but there's, you know there's what? There's redeeming have games for sure. There is redeeming exactly. Games. Yeah. There's definitely redeeming games. But let's talk about something that is um, done. It is all determined. It is all the past. Now, the World Series uh, goes to the Texas Rangers of all teams. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I probably would have been like. Are we talking about the same Texas team? You're talking about the one that lost 94 games, I think, last season? They're 25 games under 500. The first team to be 25 games under 500 and come back the next season and win the World Series. I I feel like we could go through and break down the games. Game three on Monday, Texas won 3-1 in a close game. John Gray pitched great. Brandon Fett, for what it's worth, pitched great too. And then we saw uh, an offensive battle on Tuesday. Texas takes that one 11-7 in just the weirdest matchup, honestly. Like, this game four was weird Um, because, like, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager were the entire offense. Yeah. Like, seven RBIs between the two of them. Yeah, and good defense by the Texans early on, keeping them off the board. I mean, it it seemed like it was going to be ten to nothing for a minute, but then yeah. the um, the Diamondbacks ended up scoring a run in the fourth. Um, <laughs> just yeah. uh, there, it, it should have been a way I, bigger blowout because so this game was supposed to be yeah a, a bullpen game for the Diamondbacks. They had already gone through the three in their rotation. They were confident in playing. Then it was this one. This was a horrible situation to be in to throw a bullpen game. Yeah. Like, that sucks, the way it was set up. But, like, Mantiply sucked. Castro sucked. Nelson sucked. Frias sucked. Nelson, the other Nelson sucked as well. <laughs> Sal Frank comes in and just finishes the game. But, like, the Rangers pitching, at least later on in that game, Absolutely abysmal from uh, Burke, who pitched .1 innings. Yeah, Brock Burke. Uh, .1 innings, three hits, three runs. Will Smith, what a surprise. Uh, two, uh, one hit, two runs. Uh, two strikeouts, though, so uh, good enough, I guess. And then Leclerc finishes it out for the final uh, third of the inning. But my God, was this uh, just bad pitching. Uh, kind of on both sides. Heaney didn't pitch all that bad, but everybody else essentially sucked. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. But game five is all that counts now. Um, and Texas won in a shutout, 5-0. And nothing to say about the Diamondbacks except the offense froze. It's exactly what happened to the Phillies against the Diamondbacks in the last round. The Diamondbacks' bats just died. Marte, yes, he was getting on base, all things considered. He he finished out the playoffs totally fine. He, he had a 20-game a yeah. hitting streak throughout these playoffs. Insane. 
or you know, throughout yeah. these playoffs and his last playoff appearance. He walked three times. Didn't get a hit in that game, but Corbin Carroll kind of slowed it down in the World Series. Gabriel Moreno was essentially useless outside of a couple of big hits throughout the series. Tommy Pham kind of sucked. Christian Walker really sucked. Longoria sucked. Rivera sucked. Perdomo sucked. Like The bottom half of that lineup killed them because Gurriel wasn't bad. Alec Thomas was not good. Bad pick by me on... um. World Series MVP. He sucked. He batted two twenty two. Um but yeah, like it was just like the middle part of the lineup was okay in a lot of these games, and then it was like the bottom two or three sucked every time. Um and it yep. didn't help that Paul Seawald pitched two innings and gave up seven runs in this series. Literally Jesus. one of the best playoff performances through the, the championship series. Five saves in a single playoff. Insane. Zero saves <laughs> yeah. in the World Series in his yeah. two, three appearances. Dude, Corey Seager started it. He hit that home run game one, and it was over for Paul Seawald from there. Yeah, his entire he career. immediately went back to being a Met um, very quickly. <laughs> Funny enough, like um, Mets all over this one. Uh, you had, obviously, Jacob deGrom and... Um, Max Scherzer both winning uh, rings um, even though neither of them were healthy uh, at the time that they won it but uh, you also had Travis Jankowski a former Met um, a few other guys as well I believe but on the Diamondback side it was like two of the guys that gave up quite a few runs out of that bullpen Paul Seawald and Miguel Castro two former Mets um, there you go. You I will say, out of it. Kevin Ginkle, amazing, fantastic in this entire postseason, gave up zero runs. There you go. Zero runs for the Diamondbacks. So Kevin Ginkle can hold his head high because I think he pitched, yeah, in the postseason, he pitched 11.2 innings, gave up zero runs. That is amazing. Not that bad. <clears throat> yeah. Zach Gallen, too. Yeah. Valiant efforting vibe, just um, no offense behind him. Simple yeah. as that. And then you had, I mean, Evaldi coming in though. Evaldi, holy fuck, dude! What a, so, what oh a my! How many jams did he get out of in that game? Oh my god! Right? Yeah, he gave up five walks and four hits, yeah. but no runs. Yeah, that is hard to come <laughs> by. Yeah. And then uh, Chapman just coming in, kind of doing his job, and spores a rare. Two and one third inning safe. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting like they're, stuff. They're giving it to Mariano Rivera right there yeah. coming out two innings throughout the postseason. Yeah. But yeah, just fuck a roll to Chapman. He I sucks. don't really like him anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, kind of that tells the story. Corey Seeger wins his second World Series MVP of his career, the first player to do it in each league, and the fourth player to win multiple. Um, just ridiculous. He really turns it up in the World Series, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, has a theme doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Rangers are cool. now uh, no longer the uh, oldest franchise that have never won a World Series. Um, there's only five teams that haven't won one now. Uh, the Rockies, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, and Rays 
think the Brewers and Padres being the two oldest. Um, kind of crazy that the Brewers never won one. They've yeah. had some some legendary just, guys right. come through. Save for the the Padres and Mariners, obviously have their um, their own legends of the game. But the craziest thing is that the Rangers were forty and forty one on the road in the regular season, and were a perfect eleven and zero on the road in the playoffs. That's absurd. Wow. And still, Insane. like I I know it happened early in the season, but no Degrom. Yeah. I, unbelievable. And, and what's, what in is, Scherzer's like, appearances in the playoffs, he was dog shit. Yeah, I, yeah. The, yeah. I, Rangers just had to. They, I mean, you know, shout out to them. They definitely, at the end of the day, deserved it for yeah. sure. Yeah, Will Smith, sure. uh, possibly the most undeserving of the bunch, uh, is now the first player to win three straight World Series with three different teams: uh, the Braves, the Astros, and now the Rangers. Yeah, shout out Will Smith, I guess. Fuck Will Smith. Uh, Bruce Bochy, though, the ma- the manager of the Rangers, he was already a Hall of Famer. He won three rings in San Francisco and has won multiple pennants all over the place. And now he's just putting himself further up the list of all-time managers. Him, his, uh, his ALCS counterpart, uh, Dusty Baker, who just retired, certainly up there as well. But Bruce Bochy, oh my God, he brought San Fran to their first World Series uh, in the city. You know, I think they won one in New York, um, but um, in in San Francisco, their first World Series, along with two more, and brought the Rangers there first. Just amazing. The guy is undeniably a fantastic manager. Um, so yeah, Bruce Bochy, a true legend. Shout out. Um, other thing, the D back security was guarding the swimming pool so that the Rangers couldn't use it to celebrate. Uh, yeah. That's lame. Smart. Lame. If I was a player, that'd be the first place I would go. Sore that, loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Braves celebrated in the uh, fountain in the outfield. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of talking about I. I'll be honest, I watched maybe a couple of innings of this World Series. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I know a lot of people are like, why would anybody have watched this World Series? I personally just didn't have the time. I, I worked like almost every night um, that they were playing. But like all the people that are like, who wants to watch these two markets? First of all, if you're looking at TV markets for sports, um, Arlington, Texas is like the fifth biggest. Um, and in the MLB... Arizona is like four or they're like seventh. That's not, oh, that's wow. not small market. If you're looking at TV ranks, wow. um, or I think there was somewhere around the 10, like 10th or something, but still not even in the bottom half. Um, so all you fucking like guardians fans, uh, that were talking shit about this world series, shut the fuck up. Um, but <laughs> I okay, yeah, I have no problem. Like I, I think uh, somebody, some writer from Arizona, said something about like all the people saying that um, this World Series is at you know all time low ratings, which they definitely were. Um, they didn't want you to watch the game anyway. 
Like they, they, this isn't for you. This is for the fans of these teams. I think that's that where true. I sit on on this World Series. Is like, yeah, maybe it's not the two most popular teams in the in the uh you know in the league, but this is for the people that wanted to watch it, and they watched it and they enjoyed it. These are two teams that nobody ever thought were going to make it. Nobody yeah. thought these two teams would be here. But they did. And a World Series is a World Series. I don't care who their opponent was. I don't care how, how many people watch the games. These Rangers team, this entire Rangers team, it will now have a ring. There will be next season. We will have to hear every time, every single week, the reigning World Series champions. They're going to play a billion games on TBS, a billion games on Fox, and a billion games on Sunday Night Baseball throughout the season, whether they're good or not. Yep. But you get that luxury when you are a World Series champion. And the same goes Indeed. for the Diamondbacks because the Phillies got so much attention last year for for losing the World Series. And it was positive attention. Yeah. So I, I think the Diamondbacks will be just fine next year as well. No, that, that's well said. Um, in, in my opinion, I, I understand ratings being down because, like like we said, like it's not, you know, the, these are both top 10 big markets, but it's not like the societal, I guess, like big markets yeah. of baseball is yeah. kind of like what they're getting at. D- despite that, like there are so many fun players on both of these teams. Like I, I really, you know, I, I was kind of in the same boat as you got busy with school and work. So I wasn't really able to keep up with this world series either, but it like, this wasn't a bad one at all. M- maybe no. it would have been better if the Diamondbacks had won more games, but still like their talent was on display. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think what was more important for me, but yeah, both of these teams, like it, it's just cool that they even got here to play each other. Agreed. It's kind of I, I think the stories that come out of this World Series are much better. And, like, once again, to the people that are like, why would I want to watch this? Why would you not want to watch Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon? And, yes, Adolis Garcia got hurt, but Adolis Garcia play against Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte and Zach Gallen. Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria. Dude, there's a guy to watch for everybody in this series. Yeah. That's yep. that's kind of my closing statements on it. But congratulations to the Texas Rangers. I don't know a single one of your fans, um, <laughs> but I, I know they're out there. And um, yeah, they they won the World Series. So uh, now, uh, as of today, as we're recording, uh, everybody that is supposed to be a free agent is a free agent. Um, they can still talk to their team, their their former team, I guess, regularly, uh, but. Uh, they cannot discuss money uh, with any other clubs. Uh, I believe by Monday, uh, club options, team options, player options, all that stuff uh, will be, um, uh, I think that's the deadline is Monday. So all that will have to be figured out. And then uh, I believe free agency gets started in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Sunday we'll get the uh, gold glove. Uh, I think the Silver Slugger will come out later next week. And then um, I think the MLB Awards uh, will be announced soon. Let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, so we'll get the Rookies of the Year on November 13th, the Managers of the Year on November 14th, Cy Young on the 15th, and MVP on the 16th. So there, you go. there is still... That's weird that they break it up like that. Yeah. Baseball does whatever the fuck they want, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How about... Um, oh, my gosh. You've Rob said Manfred. his name so many yeah, the the voice cracking. He just he's a fucking clown, dude. He's a he's a, he's a mouse love- bitch. He, that's what he is. He's a little bitch. He's a mouse. Um, he's the worst commissioner in sports. Uh, I oh, man. I love the play. I love the pitch clock. There you go, Rob. Is that what you want? Is that what you want now? I love the pitch clock. I love the pace of play. You still suck at your job. <laughs> Damn. And fuck all the owners. That's that's where the hate should be going. Rob Manfred's yeah. just their their puppet. Um, I still hate him. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> He's still a bitch. Um, For sure. Yeah, Rob Manfred confirmed. Mouse bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what the deal is. And also, like all the MLB awards are through the Baseball Writers Association. So. Whatever. They, they don't want to make a show out of it because who the fuck would watch that? Nobody watches <laughs> Nobody watches the draft. Barely anybody watches baseball. Let's be honest. No, no. Come <laughs> if we're, if we're going to be honest here, I watch the NFL draft front to back. I pay attention to every round. I have never paid attention past the second round of the MLB. Yeah. And I don't, I think the only time I've ever watched, like I'll probably watch the MVP announcement if I'm free, just because I think Acuna's going to win. Only time I've ever watched the MVP announcement was when Freddie Freeman was in it in 2020. Oh, wow. So like I, it's, it's the kind of thing where like, it'll hit my timeline quickly. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I don't need to watch like MLB network guys be like, way to go Acuna. Can we talk to your translator? (laughs) <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that's the MOB season. It's over. But there is plenty of things that we could talk about. We'll we'll start brainstorming some ideas, some lists probably. Uh we'll come out of this. Yeah. Um well of course, you know, free agency moves. I think trades uh are allowed to start happening pretty soon as well. We'll have the winter meetings in December. That's when a lot of things start flaring up. So uh, a lot of trades come around that time, December, January. So there is plenty to look forward to for the uh, for MLB. But for now, the uh, the twenty twenty three season is concluded. Dude, remember how much fun it was covering Carlos Correa's situation? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're we're gonna get to do it again. Not the best. Off season for free agents, but Shohei Otani, we will be the Otani trackers this this spring, <laughs> yeah. or this uh, winter. So look out for that. But yeah, we'll have a whole conversation about free agents and everything else throughout the next month um, of covering baseball. But let's talk about a sport that is couldn't be more different. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to yeah. put two sports that are completely different, I would say soccer and baseball are the most different. Let's get into the Premier League for the weekend. Uh, 
we'll start with sneaky good matchup. I don't yeah. even know if it's sneaky good. These are just two teams that are close in the table. Brentford, yep. West Ham. I don't know. I don't know how to feel because West Ham well, is going to be missing Paqueta and Alvarez. Really? Yeah, I believe they're both so, suspended. Okay, I was about to say because they both played in the EPL Cup or the EFL Cup, sorry, yeah. uh, on the weekday. But I, I think my, you know, my factor here is uh, West Ham United are coming off of a one nil loss to Everton out of all teams. Yeah, and. Brentford are coming off of beating Chelsea, who were, you know, actually had a little bit of some decent form there. Um, a 2-0 victory, by the way, too. And it was typical Chelsea, you know, another game where it was completely dominated by us, just had a lot of uh, a lot of shots that flew out of the stadium, basically. Um, yeah. Very, very infuriating game. But Brentford, you know, they, they held their, their defense well, and I think they're going to do the same thing against West Ham. Um Especially with those, uh, I mean, their midfield's kind of torn apart there with the suspensions. Um, but, you know, you have guys like uh, Kudus, who's going to be there. Um, James Ward-Prowse is still there, and Susek is still there. So you yeah. have the depth. It's just, I don't know if that depth's going to come together against Brentford, who are coming off of a very, very good win. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think West Ham is in a, a weird spot. They're definitely hitting a, a bit of a slump, uh, you know, Early in yeah. the season, they were sitting top four for like a couple of weeks. Um, yep. They've just entirely tanked, though. It, it, you know, recent weeks. Obviously, you know they beat Arsenal in the AFL Cup, which I don't think Arsenal wanted to win. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they have bigger things on their plate. But uh, yep. yeah, you lose to Everton. You lose to Olympiacos in the uh, in the Europa League. You lose to Villa. Bad. Yep a couple of weeks ago, and I just, I I don't know what's happened to West Ham in these couple of weeks, but whatever it is, is not, not good at all. No, no, not at all. And I think, you know, a lot of it, I guess, in my opinion, just stems from not having a striker. Like, Mikel Antonio would be great off the bench. Yeah. He doesn't need to be your guy, though. Um you know, I, I kind of like where they're at defensively-ish. I think maybe you could argue that yeah. they could sign somebody there. Um, Alphonse Areola, I think, is a great goalie for them. Um, obviously, don't need midfield, which that leaves replacing Mikel Antonio. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where where I'm at with West Ham. Um, definitely a team that can get back on track, though. They were serviceable with Mikel Antonio. He's not the worst. He's just no. not a sure option. Um, yeah. And yeah, with Brentford, you know, they kind of are in interesting news. Uh, they just set a price tag for uh, even Tony not too long ago, which is kind of interesting uh, looking to deal him out, especially with me being a Chelsea fan, because I've absolutely fucking had it with Nicholas Jackson. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I got a little bit aggressive there. But at least um, you have Cole Palmer. Yeah, a cam. Not a striker, but oh, I know. a cam. But He's a redeeming factor of this team that needs some. Maybe. You know what? Fuck it. Why why doesn't Ninkuku come back and we just run a center forward with the same lineup that we have been running and don't even play a striker? <laughs> I don't hate that. Just have your just have the wingers and Ninkuku. Yeah. Attack. The midfield can score goals. It can. They they definitely can. Um but anyway, back to Brentford West Ham. Like I said, Brentford's the hot team right now. Um and they're catching West Ham at a very, very good time. I'm gonna go one nil Brentford. 
Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think Brentford's going to win. The question is, do they give up a goal? Yeah. I'm going to say they don't. They're, they're, you know, running on two clean sheets straight. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Brentford. Uh, I'm going to go two nil. Two nil Brentford. Nice. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, our next game, though, Newcastle Arsenal, big matchup. Yeah, big, big matchup. matchup. Standalone on, uh, I believe, on Saturday. But yeah, I am. I'm scared a little bit. I'll be honest. Um, oh come. I am, but redeeming <laughs> redeeming factor here. Gabriel Jesus hurt again. Mm. Might be big. Not good for us. No. Um, and then uh, I believe Partey got hurt in the EFL Cup game. Who cares? Um, he doesn't really play at all. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I, I think Newcastle is settling, settling back in. Kick the shit out of Man U uh, midweek. Uh, yeah. Put that out there. But like the two-two draw against Wolves last weekend was bad. Which I will say that was kind of when I was questioning uh, our ability to to come back from the Sandro Tonali stuff because that had been going on for like that entire week. Now that he's gone, I think we're starting to figure things out. Like the lineup that we ran against Manchester United, though not like our best lineup, you know, at all. Joel intended striker is weird. I, I I didn't understand that one. Yeah, not a no. fan. He is a big center mid, so I get it. Gives me a lot of Kai Havertz at striker vibes, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But like Lewis Hall had a great game. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. But like You're Joe welcome. Willock looks really good. Um, Livramento's been playing much better when he gets in the games. Um, Anthony Gordon wasn't great midweek, but he's been pretty solid for this team. Um, I believe, okay, Barnes still isn't back yet. Neither is Jacob Murphy, but those two are coming back soon. I think it gives this team a little more energy. My issue was that if Alexander Isaac isn't healthy for this game, I don't trust us to score goals with who else we have out. Alan Wilson put two past Wolves. I know. I still don't trust him. That's fair. Especially against Arsenal. Um, yeah. It's a good defense. For me, it comes down to... I don't know if this is like fair to say about Newcastle, and you can definitely correct me, but it seems to me like they're still trying to rely on the defense that they had last season. Yeah. And it's just not... It's not as... Um, they're, not a, they're not preventing as many goals. Basically, yeah. as they have, like Nick Pope um, has been good in goal. Uh, I'll give him yeah. that. It's the games yep. when the defense just breaks it out, like just gets totally broken open, that we can't do anything. It, all of our worst results, right. I can one hundred percent say, have been on the defense. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and, and maybe I, I guess a, a lack of offense as well. Could yeah. you say that? Like to not compensate for the defense? I, I and don't I think know Arsenal... if that's quite been the case. Cause like, it's not like we're not scoring goals. 
We're scoring uh, that, that quite is... a few goals. We have what we're tied for most goals in the league with Aston Villa right now. Like we're we're outscoring Brighton, who was flying to start the season. Yeah, I, I think we're scoring enough goals. It's just we're dropping points, especially in these two draws, both being two two draws that we've had against Wolves and against West Ham this season. Those ones are the ones that hurt you. The ones where the offense yeah. plays well and the defense loses you the game. Because that West Ham game, we go up 2-0. They should have held that. The defense should have held that win. Yeah. They lost it. Yeah. Against Wolves, similar thing. We, I, I think we ended up coming back uh, against Wolves. I didn't get to watch that whole game. Um, but nonetheless, like that result shouldn't happen. Yeah, we uh, or no, they ended up coming back. Of course, um, yeah, Huang score uh, scored in the seventy first minute to come back in that game, and it's like the defense for some reason once we get the lead they struggle because a lot of our very good wins this season are either just so many goals that the other team can't keep up, or yeah. it's a late winner just over and over again. And I'm fine with that. I have no issues with winning games. The problem is how sloppy the losses are, especially on the defense. I like that. Um, shout out Sean Longstaff, though. Oh, I, you said man. it on last pod, yes. on the last podcast. That y'all are going to be fine, you know, with him instead of Tenali, and y'all are. He's he's been phenomenal. I would really, I would almost like to see. Newcastle get rid of Joe Ellington and have Tonale replace Joe Ellington and leave Sean Longstaff in there. He's earned yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Sean, like Sean Longstaff made his 150th appearance for Newcastle uh, in that midweek match against Man U and was the captain. Love it. You just love yeah. to see it. That's awesome. Love to see it. Um, um, I think to, to give a score prediction, I think it's going to be 2-1 Arsenal. I just... Newcastle has a better defense than Arsenal, but Arsenal's defense isn't that bad, and Arsenal, I think, have a better offense than Newcastle. Okay. Overall. Um, um, I think yeah, so. Two one Arsenal. I think on par with some of our recent performances. Um, I think it's gonna be a two-two draw. Okay. I think especially if Gabriel Jesus is out, they definitely lose a little bit of goal scoring ability. Obviously, Inketia was absurd last week uh, against uh, yeah. Sheffield, right? Um. Yep. Sheffield five nil win. Callum Wilson was good last week, and I do still think that we have some upside to this team, despite the injuries and, of course, Tenali's suspension. There's still definitely redeeming qualities there. Um, that I, I feel confident I can rely on. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go two two. All right. Uh, all right. Our final match though is a a standalone game. On Monday, Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea. Oof. What, what are Oof. we thinking? Obviously, you're not uh, you're not feeling too good about Chelsea at the moment, but you beat Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> they used yeah, to be good to the- a long time ago. Well, you know, it's very telling how bad Chelsea is that we're actually pushing for this fucking meaningless cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh well i mean you know there's no champions league there's i'm there's probably no chance to win the premier league yeah there's nothing else either. to play for other than there the fa cup yeah exactly um but you know what i love i will always love chelsea's um likelihood of beating tottenham though 
I will always favor that. We we seem to always play Tottenham super hard. Um, you know, but to kind of more talk about Tottenham side though, Hyungman's son at striker has revitalized his career. I I want to take back everything yeah. I've said because I really laid into this kid. <laughs> I we we both really laid into him, but um. Yeah, trying Richarlison out left is just a pity attempt to try to fit this kid in anywhere. Um, he just has, you know, really, yeah. really been struggling. I think Perisic's injury has really hurt them, at least on the left. Yeah, people really do forget how good of a player Perisic still is. He's yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, on, on Chelsea's side, I, I don't have, I, I genuinely, Grayson, have no clue. I, I don't know why Nicholas Jackson is starting over Armando Broja. I, I don't know why we're still trying him. It's not like Nicholas Jackson isn't effective. He just can't score. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we need right now because Noni Madueke and Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer can do what Nicholas Jackson does in chance creation. We just need that finisher, um, which is why even Tony or Victor Ozzyman will come to us in January. But that's the side of the <laughs> point. Yeah. I- but, um, yeah. The midfield, I love it. Connor Gallagher is the new captain of Chelsea, and I couldn't be more happier. He's aggressive, just like Moises Caicedo. Uh, Axel Diasasi's back. Um, Diasasi, Diasasi, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was back last week against Brentford. Obviously, didn't change anything. I just, what really is hurting me right now, Grayson, is no Reese James and no Chilwell. That, yeah. that is killing Chelsea I thi- right now. Reese James is back though now, right? I believe so. Believe he's going to be back in the lineup this weekend. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Chilwell's still going to be out till like the rest, like at least the rest of this month. Um. But it looks like Chukwameka is coming back soon, which is nice because he has played well, uh, or at least he did up until that injury. Um. That's a nice guy to have back. Of course, and Cuckoo's coming back soon. Um. But like and Cuckoo, I think has been training with the team. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so um, that's good. Broha's doubtful, so I guess he's a little bit banged up. Uh, the same goes for Mudrik. I feel like, yeah, at least with how Mudrik's been playing, I'm glad to see him playing very well. He's got to yeah. get back in that lineup quickly, or he's going to he quickly lose I, that confidence again. No, you're exactly right, because it took that international break with him scoring for Ukraine to pretty much like, I guess like give him that spark and it's, it's really been amazing to watch him. And I, I respect Chelsea for not giving up on him. We, (laughs) there were times where I wish we would have, but um, you know, he seems to be fine. And with Chelsea, it's still that same situation. I see the blueprint. It's just not happening this season. We're too inconsistent to be effective in this league. Yeah. Honestly, if there's anything that they could do with Mudrick, the only thing I see is like, let him finish out this season or even like let him finish out this half of the year and send him out on loan to a good team in Germany. That seems to be the best yeah. route for everyone. It's just like go play yeah. for Leipzig or Dortmund or Union Berlin for that matter. Um, and yeah. just do something. Hey, we, we loaned Callum Hudson Adoy to Leverkusen. Yeah, Leverkusen as well. Didn't even think about that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of options for what you can do with Mudrik, even if like you know once guys start coming back from injury, because there's going to be a lot of spaces filled back up, um, and, and formation changing once you have Chilwell and James back. Um, yep. So there's going to be a lot of uh, of differences that come to this lineup throughout the season. Hopefully they're good, um, you know, for your sake. But 
I think for the yeah, moment, for uh, I, I still think Tottenham's going to just kind of beat y'all up a little bit. Uh, and you know what? That's a that's a fair assumption. Um, I, I think with it being London Derby, I think the best result for Chelsea is probably a draw in this one. I'm going to go 1-1 draw. Yeah, yeah. With Tottenham being at home, not that it changes anything because it's all in London. Uh, it's not a far train ride. Uh, but, no. uh, yeah, I'm going to go Tottenham 2-0. Yeah. Another 2 0 would just sin. Sorry, man. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is very much what Chelsea does. Yeah. At the moment. Literally. Is is 2 0. Let's talk real quick um, just a little bit about UCL match day uh, four. Uh, So it'll all be the same matchups from two weeks ago, uh, just uh, flipped to, um, you know, flipping the home and away side. Um, it's a couple of good matchups, not anything fantastic, but I do have a a good sleeper that I like this week. Okay, let, let's hear your sleeper. My sleeper is Atletico Madrid versus Celtic. Oh, yeah. They're coming off of a really heated game. Yeah, a 2-2 two, two draw cool. two weeks ago, and I like Celtic. We've talked about them. I like their team. Uh, I've been seeing a lot more of them now. Um, I've gotten to watch a little bit of their games in the, uh, you know, in the Champions League so far. I like them, and Atletico Madrid has not been that good. Um, just kind of in general, yeah. they haven't been fantastic in La Liga. They're certainly not bad. It's Atletico Madrid. Um, like they're third right now on the table. Um, but it just doesn't seem like. They're as good as they maybe should be. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think if I, I have two sneaky matchups, Grace, and one's going to be Dortmund Newcastle. Newcastle do not need to be losing to this year's Dortmund team, which they did the last Champions League match day. I want to see Newcastle come back in this one big time. Yeah. Um, and then my other one, I, I think I'm kind of leaning towards like a. Uh, we like the Napoli Union Berlin, but I'm, I think I'm going to go Galatasaray Bayern, or honestly, Copenhagen Man United. Yeah, I've got Galatasaray Bayern. Uh, Bayern's in a weird spot, coming off an eight nil victory in the league, and then a two one loss in the DFB Pokal to a Division three team in Germany. That celebrated like it was the greatest oh moment my God. of their life. Yeah, it looked like a. <laughs> it, it looked like the whole stadium was about to f- like fall. They yeah. were going insane. Yep. Um. But you know, back to back to Bayern Galatasaray though. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that Bayern hasn't even drawn in this group. Like, shout out Bayern. This yeah. this is not the easiest group to go undefeated in. No. and they're perfect right now. Um. I but, think Galatasaray's you know, got if, a shot if, to at least draw. Galatasaray's big shot. Yeah, big shot. Because like, let's be honest, Galatasaray are low key kind of stacked this season. Yeah. Like they they really are. <laughs> um, and especially like even if Cop- I think Copenhagen could shake things up against Manchester United, yeah, I really do, definitely, really, really do. Um, yeah, and then of course Dortmund, Newcastle. It just, yeah. How about Linz beating out yeah. Sevilla, the Europa League kings? I mean, <laughs> that's what they're playing for. I think you're right. I I know. Um, I know they are. 
<laughs> Union Berlin and Benfica don't even have a win yet. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Those are the two teams other team that, that I would expect to yeah. have won some games. Yeah, me too, especially Benfica. But, um, yeah, just a kind of a bizarre Champions League. It, yeah. Like, I would really, since Chelsea's not in it, I am, like, in full Galatasaray mode. I want to see how far they can go. I, I'm pulling for them heavily. Yeah. The yeah, when you're looking at the groups, it's like, okay, Union Berlin, Benfica haven't won any games. Like, the only other team that hasn't even gotten a point is Antwerp. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I guess when it comes down to it, in Group G, Young Boys and Red Star Belgrade drew against each other. So that's – I don't think that counts. <laughs> yeah, but They, they sorry, probably they agreed really before hurt. the game. They were like, you want points, right? <laughs> All right, we're both getting a point here because Leipzig yeah. and Man City are going to run away with that one. Um, yeah, Milan also doesn't have a win. AC Milan, um, which is wild. Two draws that. and a loss. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, – it is an interesting champion. Like, Feyenoord is ahead of Atletico Madrid in Group E. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about Newcastle where they sit now? Uh, Helpful? I guess. You know, if we can get the win over Dortmund in this match, I think it's big. Because I don't, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna win a second time around against PSG, especially in France. And Milan would still be a like okay. Let's say Newcastle they have to beat AC Milan to make it to the next round. That's still a sketchy game. Yeah, no, it's definitely in question. Because I, I have a feeling, you know, we see PSG probably beat Milan again. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Or not again? I get. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They beat him no, last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They, they beat him last time. Um, yeah, I think PSG probably does it again. And then I'm pretty confident that they'd beat Dortmund as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think PSG probably for certain is going to end up taking the top. Um, you know, whether whether they draw or beat Newcastle, they'll take the top spot. But... Yeah, I don't I don't fully trust Newcastle to beat AC Milan uh to move on. So I kind of need Dortmund and Milan to to draw again. Yeah, that would be best case scenario for y'all. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um anything else you want to talk about in the UCL? Uh kind of keeping it uh, short just for time reasons. Yeah, um I mean, no. I I think it's cool Rail Sociedad are like almost perfect in their group. Um, yeah, kind of with Inter do look good um other than that no i think this champions league is a little bit different i feel like we have a lot of kind of um like newer small teams that are in it yeah and uh yeah it'll just be interesting to see what happens once it gets into the knockout rounds yeah for sure i'm, I'm very much looking forward to that um all right let's get into questions time uh, as per usual we have three questions all based on the different sports that we talk about and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna run through them are we still doing random order uh yes, and I would like it if you started. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, who's the best quarterback this season in the NFL? That's a very tough question. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. Huh. 
Damn. I know. Isn't Herbert like 13 touchdowns and like four picks? He's been decent. Yeah. He's been pretty good. Um, I don't really want to say Mahomes. You you definitely can't say Kirk anymore. Is it Lamar? I think it's between three, maybe four. I think Lamar's definitely in that at? conversation. I think Tua is in that conversation. Yeah, I think Hertz is in the conversation. Um and then Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, I would I would probably either give it to Lamar or Herbert right now. Yeah. But I think Lamar automatically trumps Herbert because you have to associate quarterbacks with winning, I feel yeah, like. I agree. Right. So and that's something that Herbert, you know, not because of him, it just it hadn't been going you know, yeah. they haven't been getting wins. Yeah, I think to so. me it's it's really Lamar and Tua at the top in my mind. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, that was a tough tough question. I couldn't think of anything else. Um, surprisingly, since the NFL is what is the hottest thing right now, and I cannot think of questions for it. Easily yeah, um, thought of the other ones though. <laughs> Do you want MLB or Premier League? Um, let's go Premier League. So I, I was watching a podcast today and this is something that I actually didn't even realize, but Frank Lampard from center mid had six consecutive seasons with 20 goals. That's insane. And, you know, both of us know like the kind of midfielder he was because he was also a great yeah. passer. He's Chelsea's all time leading goal scorer, not Didi or Drogba, which still blows my mind. What would a player like Frank Lampard go for today? What, what is a number for Frank Lampard in his prime? Um, like in like modern day against the same yeah. opponents. Uh, I think, are we saying just in the Premier League? Are we talking all competitions? I, I'm, I, I'm talking like how, like a transfer fee. How much oh, would he oh, be oh, bought? Oh, 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 My bad, my bad. Like how much would he sell? So a guy, today? a guy that puts up 20 goals and like what, 10, 10, 12 assists? Yeah, and he's a holding midfielder, so he can yeah. pass and he can defend. He's just the package. I think he goes for significantly more than Sandro Tonali was sold for. So that that's you know over seventy five million euros. We're we're yeah. past that. Um, what age are we saying he's at? That's a big factor. Uh, we'll say twenty seven, twenty eight. Okay, so in his prime, essentially. Yeah. Um. Not much more upside past that, so I don't think we're looking at anything too outrageous. I'd probably say a hundred and twenty million if he's twenty seven. That is exactly old. what I was saying. Yeah, yeah that's exactly million euros probably because like uh, Bellingham was what a hundred, just over. Yeah. That was without the scoring, though. They didn't know what kind of yeah. monster they were getting. Yeah, and he's <laughs> oh also God, super we... young. We're going to talk about it. Okay. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll pump the brakes. I, yeah, I just realized that we went the entire episode without talking about Jude Bellingham and the El Clasico, and I was like, we can't. We yeah. can't not talk about it. I, I want to bring um, him up after I bring up my soccer question. So uh, my soccer question is, should Messi have won Ballon d'Or over Erling Holland? No, absolutely not. Okay. 
I, I'm sorry. I, I love the story and it was cool. Like the picture with Messi and his rings from Adidas and like Sick. the names of the rings and what all of them mean, just so badass. I feel like the aesthetic of Messi winning it was perfect, but it was undeserved. Well, it's going to be his last, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, but Erling Holland isn't Ballon d'Or right now, in my opinion. Oh, for ne- for next season? No, no, he's not. Yeah, for like the next one. So and I Jude feel like Bellingham you may is. have. Yeah, right now it goes to Jude Bellingham. But he took um, home the yeah, uh, no, Copa, I... the Copa Trophy, I believe, at the uh, ceremonies. The yeah. What is the Copa? I believe trophy? it's a youth, uh, like a young player one. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But um, yeah, no, it definitely should have been Erling Holland. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I do too. Look, like I get, I think when you look at like goals, um, what do they consider it? Like goals created or whatever, combining assists and goals, they had similar numbers, um, which is fine, but for Erling Holland to do it at his age in his first season in the Premier League, doing it in the Premier League. It is enough to be absurd because of the level of competition that we've gotten used to there. Um, yep. And for Messi, it was like, it it didn't seem like in his other Ballon d'Or seasons, or even for Ronaldo's Ballon d'Or seasons, that they've ever been involved in such controversy with their club. That's a big point, yeah. And, and I get that it's it's not about headlines. But if it's not about headlines, then why the fuck does the World Cup matter? Yeah. Because that, that's all. Like, I, amazing performance, huge, career-changing, everything. Legacy is entirely different now that he has the World Cup. All of that. Yeah. But other he's the first World Cup winner to win the Ballon d'Or. What? Not like like in the in the in the same season type thing. Oh, First time yeah, yeah. that somebody okay. has won the World Cup in a year and actually won the Ballon d'Or. Hmm. That's absurd. That is so absurd. obviously they don't value it that much. If if team or if players in the past have won it and not and been the best player for their team in that World Cup and not won Ballon d'Or. They obviously don't value it that much. So why did it get so much value for Messi, who, yes, he was good in Liga, wasn't amazing, wasn't great in Europe. What's the... I, I don't get it. Holland was great in everything. I think what hurt him was not playing in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Which you, you can't... You can't take a guy down for his nationality. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry. There, no, it's him and Martin Odegaard alone. Yeah. With like who? Like El Yanusi? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, he got a drink. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. I think Erling Holland should have won. Um, oh, but we can talk about so- Drew Bellingham uh, real quick. Because uh, he, he won the Copa oh, yeah. Trophy, uh, which is presented to the best performing player worldwide under the age of 21. Um, that's how that works. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so Bellingham won it this year. I think, uh, yeah, okay. So the past one, Gavi won it last year uh, over Kamavinga and Musiala. Pedri won it the year before that. Nobody won it in 2020. DeLitt won it in 2019. And Mbappe wow. edged out Christian Pulisic in 2018. What? Edged out Christian Pulisic? No, it was 110 points to 31. Uh, comparatively, DeLitt beat Jaden Sancho 58-49. to 49. <laughs> And Gavi <laughs> beat Eduardo Camavinga 59-51. So, no, he did not edge him out. But Pulisic was number two, just ahead of Justin Clivert. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shit crop in 2018. Good Lord. Yeah. Did you see the El Clasico? I did not get to watch most of it, but it was ridiculous. I. It, it is cemented now. Like, if you didn't believe it before, believe it now, motherfucker. <laughs> Jude oh Bellingham God. is incredible. And just think about what it's going to look like with England now. Oh my god, it's going to be yeah. so unfair. But yeah, he um he had like Gavi or Pedri. I I honestly I get Gavi and Pedri mixed up. I do up as well. And I think it was Gavi, but he had Gavi like crying after the game, like he was talking shit, scoring goals from f- four billion yards outside of the box. Like in an El Clasico, it doesn't affect him anymore. Twenty years old doesn't matter. He Does is matter. literally I now- like I I don't think I've ever watched a twenty year old play at this level. Is and that fair to say? Yeah, no, it's 100% fair to say. Like, I don't think Mbappe uh-huh. was playing quite like this at Monaco or even in his early years at PSG. I know he was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. The way that Jude Bellingham yeah. is playing is literally unprecedented, especially for his position. Yeah, he uh, he's 13 appearances, 13 goals between the Champions League yeah. and La Liga. And he has, what, eight assists? Uh, actually, only three oh, okay. between La Liga and Champions League. He gotcha. has two in La Liga, one in UEFA. But he's ten matches, ten goals in La Liga, and three matches, three goals in Champion uh, Champions League. Yeah. It, he's guaranteed to score at least once <laughs> <laughs> a game. It's crazy, at least one time. But anyway, enough of Jude Bellingham. We just had to yeah. talk about that El Clasico performance. Yeah. Um. So my football question, I originally was going to ask you, what do you want the Falcons to draft? But we're going to save that one for later. Okay. Uh, we're going to put that one in the back pocket. Um, Jordan Addison currently has seven touchdowns right now. The record is Randy Moss with 17 in 1998. Will Jordan Addison get close or break it? No, I think he'll probably cap out at like, he'll probably slow down when Jefferson comes back as well. Um, and with the new quarterback, not going to be throwing the ball as much. Um, not going to be throwing a deep ball as much either, which will hurt him. I got a feeling it'll probably look, it'll probably be at like 12. Yeah. I mean, that, that's probably fair with our current situation. Like, just that's like, probably like looking like optimistic 12. You think so? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. I think he can get 14. He could. That's my cap. Could. could. I don't think so. Even more. Jordan Addison, though, like, it. we just got to, like, reflect on the season he's had so far. Touchdown machine since week one, yeah. really. He's amazing. Yeah. He's done and a good job. amazing. <clears throat> All right, um, your turn, MLB. Yeah. Who was your favorite player to watch this season now that it's concluded? 
Who, who's somebody that I just harped on all year long? Hmm. Damn, that's a good question. I, I could go easy and just like pick one of the Braves. I think um no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay biased. I'm gonna go either <clears throat> Anthony Volpe. Right, like watching him kind of develop the little bit that he did, or Michael King when we made him starting pitcher. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> those are my, those yeah. are my two, uh, my two. What? How about you? Um, I'm gonna go Adley Rutschman was definitely one of my favorites to watch. Just to continue to yeah. watch like that kind of talent grow. Um. I think Felix Bautista as well. That, that, that Orioles team was very entertaining. So Felix Bautista was up there. Just uh, watching a shutdown closer is unlike anything else. Um, yeah, Corbin Carroll for me too. That was one yeah, I Corbin forgot. Carroll, All super fun to to pay attention to. Um, yep. Corey Seager once he came back from injury was ridiculous. Yep. Um, he was a fantastic one to watch. So. Yeah, I, obviously there's quite a few. Obviously Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, all that shit. Um, Marcelo yeah. Zuna, guys, a Silver <laughs> Slugger finalist. DH is insane after how he started this yep. season. Um, so yeah, I have tons of players I liked to watch, but yeah. All right, uh, now it's uh, last question here. Me with the MLB. Um, so give me a quick rundown. How do you think the Diamondbacks and the Rangers will look next season? Um, I don't think they'll both be in the World Series next year. Is that? I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I, I think the Rangers will probably win a similar amount of games, maybe a little less, maybe like eighty-five. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks win more. I do too. Um, yeah. A lot of times, what happens, you know, just historically, the team that wins the World Series. Is going to lose players. Definitely. Some pitching, somebody is going to leave the Rangers. It's going to hurt them a little bit. Yep. Teams that lose the World Series go out, find more talent to get better, and hopefully go back. Does it always happen? No. Do they have better seasons? Most of the time, yeah think the Diamondbacks probably win maybe a similar number like they won 84 in the regular season last year or this this past year next year they're probably only up to like 88 or 90 they still play in a hard fucking division that is true the Dodgers are going to still be good yeah and the Padres could be better like the pitching turned it around a little bit later in the year they went on a huge hot streak to finish the season they were never close to making the playoffs all year all of a sudden, wasn't it, they got eliminated at the same time as the Giants. Wasn't it without Manny Machado, too, for a lot of them, yeah, right? Yeah, Machado he, he, missed he a lot of the end of the season. Um, yeah. You Darvish missed, like, the last month and a half. Like, they were great without some key players. Um, yeah. So, th- it's going to be hard for the Diamondbacks, but I, I trust this team. Corbin Carroll probably sees a sophomore slump, I think. I know he started to kind of see a decline in the second half of the season, but he's going to win that that NL or the NL Rookie of the Year, and I I don't think that's good for a player. I I don't like saying that, but like 
it happens. Michael Harris was not good this year. Um, at least yeah. not playing up to the level he should have been. Julio Rodriguez had a quiet fucking first half. Um, yeah. He really stepped up, up late in the year. I can't take that away yeah. from him. But super quiet first half. I think something similar probably happens to Corbin Carroll. The same goes for Gunnar Henderson, who probably wins it in the AL. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> One year in the books. One year, baby. And 99 of these episodes in the book. So make sure you guys tune in for episode 100 on Monday. How insane is that to say a hundred of these episodes is crazy. Um, yeah. Like we said at the beginning, um, thank you guys for listening and, uh, thank you guys for liking, subscribing, commenting, sharing, uh, following on all the social media platforms that are, uh, displayed below us right now. Uh, all of them. And, um, yeah, overall, just uh, thank you guys. So make sure you guys are doing all those things that I just thanked you for, because if you haven't, then I, I'm i not thankful for you doing that. Uh, Luke wore sunglasses for the entire episode, so shout out to him. I'm sure it was very hard to read your computer screen. Actually, not really. No? Not really. Not too but bad? It's, it is like... The filter that it has put on me, I have had these on for too long, and I'm probably doing permanent damage to my brain. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you also wear glasses, so you're probably more used to that feeling. I cannot wear sunglasses for that long, especially indoors. What? I can't wear glasses. As a baseball player. Yeah, I know, but I only wore them when I was hitting, really. Really? Yeah, I wore them when I was hitting because of color blindness, but that's not a story for the podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you guys are liking, following, subscribing, rating five stars, doing everything. I tell you to do it every time. And make sure, most importantly, that you're sharing with the loved ones, the hated ones, the uh, useless ones. I don't care. Any of them. Share it with them. I've told you this before. Put, your, put some headphones on your dog. Let him listen to the podcast. Um, no cats allowed, though. Cats can't listen to this podcast. I'm sorry. What? Why not? It's just, I'm not a cat guy. And um, I don't think cats like podcasts. Dogs proven <laughs> like podcasts. Um, okay. Yeah, proven by me. Don't have a dog right now, but um, it's proven. All right, that's enough. I'm delaying us too much. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for a year. And uh, cheers to 100. Peace.